Internet friends, and welcome to episode number 140 of Final Boss TV, your WoW and Game Ring show. I'm your host. My name is Adam K.A.K. Bay. I think it should still be that for over three and a half years almost now. We have a four-year anniversary. I was hanging out with a friend of mine in stream before I was setting up the show today, and I realized that I've been on Twitch now for almost four years. Where have the times gone? But today... Is Legion's Windwalker Monk episode, the return of the class ones. We had a week off, and then we had the special last week with Preacher and Ghost to go over just how Legion is so far. So if you missed that, of course, you can go check that out over on the YouTube channel. Linked down below, of course. Or if you're watching this on YouTube right now, then hello. But you can go check out the How Is Legion So Far episode from last week. It was a great, great episode. And of course, this show would not be here, of course, with all the extra support on Patreon. And a special extra thank you to all of the assistant producers of the show. So, Truffles, Ludovicus, Tazlin, R4, Dalthier, Tachinori, and new, as of just the other day, Quen. Just there are some really generous nerds out there. So, thank you very much for the support. Keep the show rolling. But there are things on the Patreon page you may not know about. So I just recently just put up the Control Bay for a day voting for the next special stream. We've got some uh, behind the scenes stuff. You can't see that, but then you've got the BTS podcast. So if you want more monk talk, this episode right there, we jibber jabbed and jived for like almost an hour and 20 minutes about Windwalker Monk yesterday. So go check that out if you want more. You can follow the show notes as well. You can go check out the BTS podcast with Preacher and I setting up that show. And on and on and on. There's the Guardian Druid show. There's the Feral Druid show. I hit load more. Just, just go for it. All that stuff on the Patreon page. You can check the links out down below or in the video description box if you want more podcasts. But enough about me. Introduce the guests we have on the show today. We have uh, the name that I probably never actually say correctly, but is um, a amalgamation of terrible and wonderful things all at the same time. From across the pond, there's Panda Anaconda. Hi, Panda. What's up, man? Uh, hi, Bay. Well, <laughs> I'm really glad to be on the show with you and have an opportunity to talk about my favorite spike survival and many other things. So, yeah. <laughs> wait, you're talking? <clears throat> I thought you said we we're talking oh. about. I thought we were talking about um, Havoc Demon Hunters today. We talk about survival. Jeez, wrong wait. show. Wait. Oh yeah, this week is Havoc. Sorry. Yes. Uh, I'll come back next week for survival. Uh, <laughs> Michael, we're talking about resto druids. Okay. Uh, we already did resto druids, though. <clears throat> Terrible. But, Panda, thank you for being on the show today to uh, hopefully reel us in to make sure we're on track, right, for Windwalker stuff, hopefully. Yes? Uh, yeah, I'll try to keep it to Windwalker stuff. Awesome. <laughs> and there is Babylonius over there laughing, giggling, it's craziness. You're the serious one in this relationship, right? I am. I'm oh. the I'm the old, the uh, get off my lawn kind of guy. Are you like the like the the disgruntled uncle, or are you like a grandfather? Which which one are you? Um, I I'm gonna go with uncle. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think yeah, I think grandparents are you know like Hina and, and Callie and stuff. Oh, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> that works. That's true. He is technically yeah. Grandpa Hina is in chat, so that is true. He'll he'll keep the chat under control while we have fun on the actual live show. That's okay. That's okay. 
But <sighs> Windwalker Monk time. And I guess I want to kick it right back over to you guys just real quick, just to get acquainted. Because with, with Legion, I always want to bring on new guests and new faces to the community because as we grow and we're in this age of discord and whatnot and finding who makes what who makes what websites and things like that we bring on new people so um i'll go right back to you babs real quick what do you do in the the wow sphere for windwalker monks and like what's your background playing the spec um i've been playing windwalker since very shortly into mists um and kind of worked my way up uh, and uh, started a website a little over two years ago called walkingthewinds.wordpress.com. And last year, we, uh, you know, I started working with Panda and uh, uh, somebody else, and we made it walkingthewind.com. And uh, now we've transitioned to peakofserenity.com, which is really uh, a resource for all monk specs. So um, I'm kind of the uh, the main Windwalker author and uh, general site creator of peak of serenity as well as an administrator in discord um, i recently stepped down as a moderator on mmo champion i provide the information for icy veins and i think i'm missing some. i do raid as a windwalker too yeah that's <laughs> somewhat i guess relevant no you, do, you just do world quests and you're totally casual right yeah yeah well i'm casual but i do raid fair enough <laughs> only seven hours a week i think counts as casual now so well, we talked. Well, on the show last week, we actually talked about how, like, a lot of a lot of end game hardcore mythic guilds, even mine in this this tier, this expansion, um, went from four nights to three, because we just wanted that extra, like, because you can uh, so much more of Legion now is happening outside of the raid, so you need a little bit extra time outside to make sure you're not like super rushed when you're in. So I can I can understand that. So it's it's way too much to keep up with a super hardcore schedule there's only like two two guilds now after serenity stepped down so that's unfortunate yep. i did my time at 30 hours a week and i'm never going back yeah <laughs> understandably and then uh and panda what about you uh well i'm i picked up the game really late in so, so it was a natural fit that i played windwalker since my very first day in the game and I've been a Windwalker ever since. In Warlords, I got an opportunity to start and walk with Babylonians. At the same time, I got uh, to start and play with the most acoustic guild in European servers, Mist. <laughs> and I, I've loved it with them. And they are, well, they've shown me a part of the more serious side of the game also, as well as the least serious side of the game. Mm. And yeah, that's given me an opportunity to play Windwalker at pretty much one of the best levels you can play Windwalker at. Above that, they just bench them. So yeah, that's me. And since I've gotten a chance to start doing guides with Babylonius, I've tried to keep it to the more numbers, theory craft, and write an article whenever something seems unclear for people. I haven't been doing as much work as he has, but yeah, we've, and we've had a great adventure, as he said last year, doing this three-man website with Ruhai and Babylonius, and that was a really great start, and I love what we're doing right now with Peak of Serenity. Yeah, that's actually, so I wanted to make sure, in, in this era of all these resources and guides and tools and building there, I actually don't have a link to it, I forgot to ask, there was some, so you have this huge website and all these resources on Peak of Serenity, which I'll, I can pop that up again on screen real quick here. The the title bar is cut off, but there's stuff for, for me, pull this down, Real quick, I don't think it can. Nope. 
So you have Brewmaster, Mistweaver, Windwalker, Extras, Discord, and of course the news section. All this stuff here. So obviously the Windwalker one is what you want to focus on. But you guys have literally almost everything, I think, that gets curated is also plopped here, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, just the, meant to be where we kind of put everything so that people know, you know, really only have one place to go to get all the information they need for whatever spec they want to look at. The only other thing I think I, I didn't find, don't you guys have this gigantic Google document thing that just exists out there somewhere too? Uh, well, yeah, we have um, my spreadsheet, which should be under Windwalker. And then uh, Garg has his own spreadsheet for Miss Weaver. So um, there are two, yes, uh, pretty comprehensive spreadsheets. Um, yeah. And they're under the spec uh, column thing. This thing is, you can't see it, chat. You can go click on it on PicoCernity.com and go for yourself. But there is, there are all, it, it goes on and on. And my screen region for the show could only show so much. But this is probably, I was talking to my enhancement buddies of the Shaman Council. I was like, do we have anything like this? And like, Word Up has some amazing, uh, some amazing pieces of just huge Google Dunk. And he, he just does like beautiful mm -hmm. layouts. He takes so long. Mm -hmm. But we don't have anything that goes this in depth. I mean, everyone has something. But I mean, this, this, you start on a page and you can bring in your character and then the whole Google document can like update for you, right? Yep. Yeah, pretty much everything updates dynamically. The only thing I haven't added, and that's mostly a choice, is for it to automatically pull um, that stat information. Um, but yeah, it, it everything should update. All the charts, all the trinket rankings, and um, uh, stat weights, everything uh, updates dynamically. So I, it's something that I started uh, right back before Legion, so last July or whatever, and uh, was finally comfortable enough with it in, I think, November, December, to start showing it to other people outside of the the small, um, you know, community of people I know um, on Windwalker. So the whole general public got to experience it as of December or something like that. But yeah, it's uh, it's unwieldy. It's a lot. I mean, it's, it's 18 different tabs. <laughs> Well, a lot of those are dummies. Sure, to, you know, do one, you know, one thing or the yeah. other. But yeah, but it's absolutely massive. This huge thing, and it does say the purpose of the spreadsheet is not to replace SimCraft, AMR, or other tools. Simply a pet project that I've worked. Pet project, he says. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. Of course. I have no idea how, I, how you incredibly smart nerds even make this stuff. I have no idea. I copy from all the more all the incredibly smarter nerds. Oh. Oh. Okay. You just steal the. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. All right, that's yep, fine. that's cool. If you're, if you're not stealing, you're not trying. <laughs> but there's there's <laughs> so much in this document; it's unbelievable. And that's on top of the fact that the website exists too. Where right. I'm trying to get off the document now. Save me, help. Uh, you have there's a resource on here I thought was interesting that I don't think a lot of other websites and things like that really break down. You have like this huge rotation priority breakdown sheet. Which sort of goes through like all this stuff, which we'll go into a little bit more of this later. But these are always the weird things that people are like, well, what if I want to get really min maxi in this? And you have that already. All of this opener stuff and everything is here. Yeah. So yeah, and I actually plan. Um, I I am a, a teacher in real life, and and school will be oh. over in a couple weeks. So um, once school's over, I I plan on actually expanding on a lot of that stuff and. Hmm. The rotation and abilities, talents, trinkets, stuff like that. So um, 
I spent a lot of time expanding on the legendary stuff last weekend or the weekend before. So um, I do have plans even to make uh, that stuff a little bit more uh, in depth. So I just have to find the time. So I get I, uh, some of that side of things and how this is all put together. Now that makes sense because I didn't know that you were actually a teacher in the real life MMO. So that makes it sort of shines a light on how all this stuff and the organization and the reason why it exists comes to be. So yeah, you're just yeah. Well, to... the, the spreadsheet really started out as just to help me. Like I actually found like the original version a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. and it was just to help me figure stuff out, even going into Legion, because um, I'm not Panda's able to do all this stuff in his head. It seems a lot of times, and I really have to go through all of the steps to to write it out and see it concretely. So. Um, that kind of helped me um, help Hina and all that stuff back before the expansion. And then I just, you know, when I had free time, I would just expand it. So it's gotten to be where it is now. There is, and this is sort of just like a general side question, because I've, I've been doing this show since Mr. Pandaria, and I've sort of been on the inside and the back end and the behind the scenes of how these sort of keep evolving. Is this mostly just because there's so many more facets that we've learned to understand about the game? Or is it because of, like, Blizzard Spaghetti Code, and we're trying to understand the game, but they don't let us understand it very well? So there's, like, this weird back and forth that we have to keep fighting to learn what they're doing, because if we don't know what we're doing, then we're just kind of... Because there's, there's definitely a certain bed that we want to be sure that we're... We know what we're doing. Like, we want to have a mm -hmm. sound footing in the game. But is, is Legion yeah. the tipping point for that? It, no, I mean, there had been spreadsheets, um, you know, Salty Cracker had done one um, for Windwalkers a long time ago, and that really was kind of the original one uh, back in Mists. And uh, I think it, it, it got to the point where um, Blizzard, when they, they kind of made the conscious decision to change how they were doing patch notes and stuff like that, um, and that kind of pushed some people to have to... Um, put all of the stuff together one way or another because Blizzard wasn't going to do it um, for us. So um, I, I think it, it, things became more complicated. So we saw a lot more um, spreadsheets and stuff pop up. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also think it just started catching on. You know, um, all the cool kids started doing it and, uh, <laughs> you know, just kind of became this. Uh, uh, I mean, it really, I think, mostly started with healers uh, because, Sim, you know, SimCraft couldn't really accurately um, do healing stuff, you know, in a lot of ways, at least as well as people wanted to. So, um, they would have to make spreadsheets and, uh, it got to the point where, um, I just figured, Hey, you know, I might as well make a spreadsheet too for my, you know, cause I wasn't, I'm not skilled at messing with SimCraft. So, um, I am good with Microsoft Excel and Google sheets. So that was what I had to do, but I, I do think it's, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit that things have gotten more complicated, mm -hmm. but on the same, on the same on the flip side, I should say, um, things have gotten a little bit simpler to the fact that we can put stuff into the spreadsheets. And spreadsheets do allow us to kind of tweak one little thing here, one little thing there, as Blizzard tweaks one little thing here and one little thing there. Right. And then so I think it's, yeah. And then Panda's just the guinea pig that goes out and does this in the real world, right? Is that what? Yeah. His napkin math is, is uh, you know, advanced level calculus. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> That's sort of what I am, so I, I relate. Because <laughs> Purge and Rusa, Ryath, and WordUp do all the crazy stuff for enhancement. I'm just like, so what's good right now? Mm hmm I always said it was my job to translate from Panda's brain into real people words. And the same <laughs> thing, you know, for 
Heena and all the SimCraft stuff stuff. It was, you know, my job to make sure that other people could understand what was going on in their brains. You want to the time, I don't even understand. Well, I, you know, some of the stuff I don't even understand. And it's not a language thing. Yeah, and then again, you know, but, uh, one of the reasons to finish with a spreadsheet is, as you say, it's stuff we've come to comprehend more stuff, but also Blizzard makes stuff way more complicated now. So with the, uh, you know, the, the rising of legendaries and different talent builds and the way AoE is way different than it was prior to Legion. Well, there are so many different builds and possible, possible uh, trinkets that you can be using that you cannot just tell people this is your stat priority and this is your beast list. So they kind of have to deal with their gear on their own and not with a simple guide, which is why a spreadsheet is really good because it can actually provide as much information as possible without having to interact with human beings. And that <laughs> says he translates what we do, but what happened with this spreadsheet was once we had SimCraft bugged and we were providing wrong information because of that bug and napkin math or a spreadsheet would have saved us, but we didn't have one. So we started having these short formulas that explain everything and checking back and forth. Oh, the formula says this, SimCraft says otherwise, let's find out which one is wrong. And you need both. That's why it says mm. it, you don't need to replace SimCraft with this. You want both to check one another. And then when something it doesn't agree, you know something's up. And when both agree, you know most of the time it's actually right. So, and yeah, we basically gave Babs the basics of spreadsheets, of formulas, and he turned them into something a thousand times more complicated, which answers many more questions than we would have ever hoped to. So don't try to be humble with that one. The, the spreadsheet <laughs> is huge. Well, there, I think the earliest I can think back to outstanding members of, of our little corners of the world of Warcraft community really stepping up and making things were Thek for Protection Paladins and Twin Top for Shadow Priest. Mm -hmm. Those are the two names that come up when I'm like, they really started rolling this ball uphill to figure out how to really put stuff together. And that was the elitist jerks community, you know, back in Wrath and Cataclysm time or whatever. But I don't think you really think back to like, oh, I remember all these things from the EJ forums. Like, I, I don't. I remember the people that started building these, these things to put forward. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah, Hina totally corrects me. Yeah, Hamlet did a lot of stuff. He was on the show way back in the day. Works at Blizzard now. That's how they all go, right? So, yeah, there was a few people that really started going like, hmm, what if? And then, yeah, like I said, you push the ball uphill, then more people try to help you keep pushing it. So, Yeah, Thek's website was really the first foray into theorycraft, and I remember working a lot, actually, with him on Elitist Jerks back in Wrath um, on prop held and stuff like that, because that's what I played at the time. So, yeah, that was kind of, you know, at least the first well-known... Uh, you know, type of resources with all that stuff. That's wild. It's a blast from the past. But to to bring it in over here, we're currently in patch 7.2 as of recording this this uh, this show, and then we have 7.25 on the horizon. But were there any major bits for Windwalker that got much attention in 7.2? Like anything that like really changed or was updated or or anything? Because I all I saw was an aura tune-up. That was it. Is that? Yeah, I mean, we, we got the aura, you know, um, but there was some changes to our legendaries that 
had people panicking and, and reshuffled things a little bit. Um, the uh, Drinking Horn cover, Wrist Legendary, um, was nerfed a little bit for Storm Earth and Fire, uh, as well as, uh, <laughs> yeah, as Panda says, a little bit. And uh, numerically, a little bit, functionally, you know, more than a little. But uh, And Serenity was added to it as well, so that you could use it with both um, talents. Uh, the chest legendary that was added um, was buffed and then nerfed and then buffed again uh, to become a very strong single target legendary. Um, trying to think, am I, what else am I missing? There was more legendary changes. Um, I think those, are, oh, the um, the boots, the Katsuo's Eclipse boots were uh, nerfed to um, from three chi or from two chi down to one chi, which is a pretty reasonable. Uh, nerf for that, but it's still a, a decently strong legendary. So, uh, really, legendaries are what saw the biggest change. Um, we did see the aura thing. Um, I'm trying to think what else there was. All of my all of my articles and stuff are all over the place. So I was trying to put them all together last night and couldn't find them all. Well, and we we actually got two new traits which matter a lot. Uh, none of them being the one that gives everyone 600 mastery. Right. One. <laughs> oh, uh, one. oh, come on now. The, yeah. the, the, the master of combinations is like oh, the best right. things ever. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. you've always heard this sentence wait, who gives the mastery buff? And then no one knows. It's like, I don't know. I have this weird buff. What is it? <laughs> but no, we had two major traits, which I guess are 7.2. Uh, one being Thunder Fist, which is probably the lesser of the two, which means when you strike on the Windlord on AoE, you're actually going to gain something for a single target. And it was, it looked bad on paper compared to other golden traits for other classes. It turned out to be fine, to be a fine mechanic and decently powered. And the other one is Split Personality, which looked really small. It used to be like 12 second reduction to the cooldown of your Storm at Fire or Serenity. In practice, it got buffed instantly to 20 seconds reduction to both. It's absolutely huge. It's the main reason we've seen different builds come up now and people started using Serenity. It's why the bracers that got nerfed by a stupid amount are still a thing because, well, that kind of makes up for the nerf and they were so so OP before that. Yeah. So these are the two other changes that are not in the patch notes, but actually change the spec a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then the other one, as as chat pointed out, was the uh, the the gloves that had been pretty much useless uh, saw a buff to touch of death damage, so uh, they became a lot more useful in single target if people had them. So they went from really a, a very disappointing and uh, functionally difficult uh, legendary to use to a mostly disappointing and somewhat you know easier uh, to use, but still not quite um, as insane as we had originally thought it would be. I mean, I remember the first time we heard that and we thought it was just going to be crazy. Uh, but the gloves are better now, which I think a lot of people were happy for. So they, they really the biggest, the big thing beside the, the, um, the new traits, obviously, that everyone got, but Windwalker did see a lot of legendary balancing um, in 7.2. Mm. Yeah, Touch of Death is a weird point from all my beta testing I was looking at it. I brought the tooltip up on screen because, I mean, how much damage do you even really get with touch of death because it looks like it's so much i mean as you gain more hp obviously it does more damage but mm -hmm. realistically it's a very small percent of your overall damage output right now right i mean it's yeah i mean it's i can i can pull up 
that that's this is when I go to my spreadsheet for the, for those numbers. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's decent, especially on single on single target. Obviously, because it doesn't scale with multiple targets without the gloves, I should say. Sure. Um, you know, it is really just a single target buff, or I'm sorry, a single target damage increase. Mm-hmm. Um, but it should uh, amount to three four percent before you count in gale burst damage. Um, you know, so it, it's decently enough. Um, you know, being half your health multiplied by mastery. Um, so it, it's it's nothing amazing to write home home about. Gale Burst has really become um, a little bit of a larger chunk of that damage than it had been as our damage increases, then so does our, our Gale Burst damage. Right. Um, but really, it's it's just a, a, a decent uh, single target increase. And it, it costs us nothing other than a global cooldown. So... Um, you know, for its cost, um, it's it's decent enough. Just around the same, just so if you, know, you don't know what you're talking about, Gale Burst is one of your earlier Golden Dragons that increases the damage done by TOD by 10%, and then all damage you deal to the target, 10% of all the damage you deal to the target during the duration. So if you if if your TOD was going to go off for 2 million, which is pretty common right now due to the fact that... Way we more. Have, we have, yeah, we only have 4 million. 3 million. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, with mastery, it, it amounts to you know a little bit over three on average. Right. But yeah. Well, that's that's but the weird thing about all the the math you're talking about earlier and the spaghettiness about all this stuff is that, like, touch of death reads it's fifty percent of your HP, but your mastery will take that amount and then give more to it, and then so will the mm-hmm. damage from gale burst. You have all these little things that stack on top of it, each other. So mm-hmm. it's not just what the tooltip says. Right. So, yeah, and and it's and it's something that, you know, it without having you know that cost, um, you know, like it used to, you know, it used to. But Gale Burst for anyone who played in um, a Hellfire Citadel, Gale Burst works very similarly to um, Soul Capacitor, you know, in that it takes a portion of your damage and then kind of explodes it at the end. So right, right, right. Um, it functions very similarly to that. Mm. Uh, Touch of Death has a couple of interesting things. The first one is that it needs the target to live eight seconds, which can be extremely frustrating if the target dies right before the dot expires. And eight seconds is about the length, the lifespan of priority targets on progress. If you think Doomfires, if you think the Dryads in uh, Scenarios, mm-hmm. or the big ads, they, they live, the big ads on Helia or the Bird Eyes, on uh, Gul'dan, all of these targets, which are important and need to be nuked, leave 10 to 25 seconds. And usually that means, you know, some, some of these targets like Doomfire, they leave exactly 10 seconds. If they leave one more second, then you wipe. So these targets, you can just touch of death them. And then if the target dies in seven seconds and you don't get your touch of death off, that's too bad. But what matters is that the target is dead in time. If the target leaves nine seconds, then you get this huge chunk of damage. That's right. one of the reasons why the gloves are extremely potent on progress. And I use them on scenarios progress for some time because the hard part of the fight was nuking two Dryads at once. Mm. And okay. the, the other cool thing is Gale Burst reads like plus 10% damage to one target for eight seconds, which is extremely lackluster compared to other Goldens. However, it double dips with any damage increase. And... The other, so you're going to need burst either on a priority target or when the boss takes extra damage. And in those cases, scale burst shines. 
take Scorpion. Scorpion is a meme boss, but take Scorpion, the Chitinous Exposition phase, your Gale Burst is going to double deep. Demon Bane on hmm. Hilidan, you get a 20 million touch of death because, <laughs> that's, well, mm -hmm. that's uh, it's like the drought of soul for 30 million. That's a stupid level of damage. You yeah. touch of death and then you deal 250% damage for eight seconds. And then 10% of these 250% damage, so that's actually 25% of the damage you would have dealt, gets increased. But then when it deals the damage, it also benefits from the 150%. So in the end, it's not actually 10% of the damage you deal. It double dips on the Demon Bane and ends up being 37.5 or like a stupid amount of damage compared to what you should have done. So yeah, your touch of death instead of being 3 million during Demon Bane, it can be 25 million if you have a, like, if you get hit by Parasitic Wound and you can touch of Karma into it, if everything lines up. So it looks underwhelming, but it's part of why Windwalkers look bad on paper, look bad on farm, but when progress is on and you need them to do something, they actually can bring up the numbers, nuke that mm -hmm. target, be rank one damage on every priority target. So, yeah. That is a interesting back and forth. That was like the two sort of bits here that I had that I wanted to go over. So, I mean, that that that's a lot of stuff that all just sort of came ahead with 7.2 though, right? Because originally, Windwalker before the new artifact traits and the current state of the game right now, all I really thought of Windwalker as was like this, like this burst AoE machine and they were okay at everything else. Because originally, the original incarnation of Strike of the Windlord, and with Stormworth and Fire, and Fist of Fury, and everything was just ridiculous at the beginning of the expansion, back in the early, like, Emerald Nightmare, and the first, like, two months. It was just all AoE nonsense. But outside of that, it was, like, meh, passable. So, 7.2 seems to have done a bit of a flip-flop now, because 7.25 on the horizon... As I say this, hey. and you both go, yeah. So what? <laughs> what are they doing to monks, the Windwalker, and seven point two point five? Because I couldn't find the specific post about the AOE nerfs. All I found okay. was the aura tuned up from fourteen percent mm -hmm. to nineteen, which you can go into how the aura is actually like a huge multiplicative nightmare <laughs> for blackout kick, rising sun kick, and tiger palm. So like, I, but what are they, what are they doing to you guys in seven point two point five? What's what's happening with that, Babs? So um, in 7.2.5, um, really the big things are Fist of Fury damage um, is being nerfed, uh, at least on the tooltip at the moment. Um, you know, it, it's being nerfed by 20%, uh, which is really a nerf to both single target and AoE. Um, at the moment on the PTR, it's a change to the tooltip, but not actually to the damage. So it actually deals more damage than it does on live well, uh, because well. of that, that aura increase. Um, uh, and then our spinning crane kick mechanic with Mark of the Crane is being uh, decreased as well from 50% to 40%, I believe. And uh, that's basically just to kind of help rein in our um, AoE scaling, which is pretty insane. Um, you know, and that we gain 50% 50, 50 damage um, to spinning crane kick per stack we get, plus then it deals 100% damage to each target. So if you have 10 targets and that gives you 10 stacks then you not only deal 500% increased damage to each target because of all those stacks but then you deal you know uh, that amount of damage to all 10 targets in, in a full amount so 
Um, it's certainly something that we foresaw as being an issue way back in alpha and beta, and they've kind of just gotten around to tweaking with it. Yeah. Um, and then the aura buff, it's currently 8% now on live. It was buffed to 14% and then to 19%. Plus, then you add all the fact that Rising Sun Kick, Blackout Kick, and Tiger Palm double dip, um, or maybe even triple dip, you know, to a certain extent, um, which, you know, eventually leads to those... Um, those damage, those damage sources getting extra, extra damage from the aura. Um, so it, yeah, it becomes very complicated. But uh, really, the our aura buff was meant to offset, at least as we believe, because of course we haven't heard anything from Blizzard um, about it. But um, you know, we we kind of theorize or hypothesize that the aura buff was meant to offset the AOE nerf, because really, Windwalker had, you know, I guess you could say Windwalker had AOE damage to give up. Um, not that we were in any way overpowered or insane, um, but really our, our single target is lacking, and this buff really is just keeping us in the same place. So it, um, we I have to wanna, hope for more. I just want to make sure that I, I, I translate this to, to chat fine. The reason why the aura buff is weird and why you're the flat turn up of all these abilities is a problem is because of your mastery, right? Where the combo strikes works? Um, no, no, it's it's pretty much it's separate from that. I mean, mastery adds obviously another um, you know multiplier, but right. it, it's the fact that in the aura, like if you go into the wowhead section of the aura, it's got all of the abilities listed, but then blackout kick, rising sun kick, and tiger palm are listed again, so they actually get another uh, benefit from you know the same aura but they get a benefit from it twice and it's um it leads to them because they are specifically uh single target damage they right. were given that additional multiplier to help us with our single target damage i mean there was um, there was this yeah. thing back in i want to say it was mop because i don't know if it was super prevalent in warlords when windwalker had and this is a question that was was put to me it was at the end of the show but it fits really well right here is that windwalker used to have this huge problem that I brought up on the shows before, and I think Hina will remember talking about this, is that you had so many small multiplicative things. And this is back when Tiger Brew existed, where you had plus damage from this, plus damage from that, a little plus damage from this, plus damage from your mastery, plus damage from your uh, talent. And it was all these multiplicative layers of cake. They just kept going up and up and up and up and up for some reason that Windwalker just had to have these to make them work. And it seems that they've removed them from, like, the face value of, of the players. But why do all of these abilities keep having this weird aura tune-up thing where they just can't figure out the numbers and what your sources of damage should be coming from? Like, this is so... Because I'm just looking at Rising Sun Kick right now on WoWDB. It's 910% of your attack power. And that's currently. That's without mm -hmm. the aura tune-up. So it's going to be over a thousand percent of your attack power in Correct. 725 for one ability, which mm -hmm. is fine. But like they keep having to to turn up and turn up these back end multipliers for you guys. It's just something that's like just following Windwalker since Mop. Right. Yeah. I mean, it. it, it sorry. Go it ahead, makes man. it. Uh, it makes it complicated to follow, but. In practice, it's not—it's got nothing to do with these mechanics in Ward, because back then the issue was that these mechanics were so important that the Windwalker actually dealt negative DPS 
but once you <laughs> added up all the buffs, it did some decent damage. So all these actually burst cooldowns didn't feel like they were strong or anything. They just felt necessary to do to do any damage. So if you didn't have your Tiger Palm buff, Tiger Power applied, if you didn't have the Rising Sun Kick debuffs on your target, and if you didn't have Tiger Eye Brew buff up, you felt like a wet noodle. And what right. they changed is that right now, monks are really good at target switching because they need absolutely nothing to target switch. They just see a new target, press yep. Strike of the Windlord, and then you see a 5 million DPS on the meters because that's how we work now. On the In the backstage, you can see all these numbers because that's the new way of Blizzard developers, or I don't know who works on these. To It's easier for them to tune that way because they can just change the value, test it while it works. Well, no one cares if it's not clean, let's just keep it that way. It's a pain in the rear end, as Hina said, for us who try to work on these numbers. It's a pain for PvP players because it's even more complicated for them with their own auras for PvP. But on the other hand, it's just numbers and the player doesn't really care about that. He just can he can just check his tooltip and see how much damage his rising sun kick will deal. Yeah. All in all, if you look at the patch, you just forget all about the auras and you can just sort of sim pre-patch and after the patch. What it comes down to is right now, if you look at any single target boss, we are to pretty much at the bottom of the meters at most or all percentiles. We are lackluster on that and we are supposed to make up for it with AoE, which is fine if that's the way the class should be. However, if you apply the patch, well, your single target damage barely moves, maybe a very slight buff, but your AoE, as you said, Fist of Fury gets gutted 20%. One really important thing is that the range gets increased. So right now, Fist of Fury is a really, really small I-beam with a lot of damage, but you don't hit all the targets the way I-beam does or Fury of the Eagle does. So we have to compete with classes who hit five targets as a class that hits three targets. And your spinning crane kick gets gutted as well by 15 to 20% damage, depending on the number of stack you would have, which is a huge nerf. If you just look at it this way, we lost close to 20% of almost all our AOE. And to make up for that, we gain 0.51% single target damage. That's actually not fine because right now the niche of Windwalker is the same as Enhancement in World. It's yeah. that we are actually really mediocre on single target, but we can burst, like for instance, Serenity brought Infei, who's uh, like, he plays a really good Windwalker and Decay. However, they decided in Night Holds to bring him on his Windwalker for Star Augur Atreus, which might sound completely insane, but the fact are, he brought two stacks of Storm Earthfire plus Xuan plus Touch of Death to the last phase, and he did really decent damage. So that was good enough. Hmm. We pull up Decent numbers, but when you look at the overall meters, we are not fine on single target. So if you just leave us at that state on single target and gut us by a stupid amount on AoE, it's not fine. What the hope for Winwalker is that they will actually tune us in the in the correct way for Tomb. They will bring up the number or at least keep an eye on Winwalker so that we end up being one of one more of these hybrid melees. We mentioned Survival, Frost Decays, Unholy Decays come next patch, Havoc Demon Hunters. You've seen, for instance, Havoc Demon Hunters get a huge nerf to their braces because they were too good at single target and cleave because of these. 
you can look at us the same way. We lose some cliff, some AOE, but they can make up for it by making us as good as survival, uh, demon hunters, DKs, and the likes, or maybe even warriors uh, on on yeah. a single target and have our niche. That's there is... maybe the hope. So I was pulling up Warcraft logs just like as as a aside here because I was curious myself. Um, there's something wrong with it's Frost DK and Fury Warriors right now are not being recorded due to shenanigans or something going on with both of them. I just always bring up the heroic 50th percentile for Nighthold, and it, honestly, the the graph isn't that terrible. Um, Affliction and Demonology at a lower end are at like 95th percentile. And this is, of course, over the whole course of everything. Um, we definitely need that 7.2.5 rebalance tweak because even in Heroic, we are, we're getting really close to that 15% to 16% uh, delta from the bottom to the top, and that's not great. Mm -hmm. That's that's where it gets a little bit rough. At the beginning of the expansion, we were at like the 10%. We were like, oh, that's pretty good top to bottom. Bring whatever you want. But... What's really bad is we go to like the 90th percentile mythic and you just see everything just plummet down under the, the overlords of frost and affliction. And I'm way down here at the 81st, which means that I am a definite near 15% from the top. I mean, Windwalker is, is a little bit above me, but barely. It's mm -hmm. like maybe 2%. So we're definitely, which is weird though, because we're, we have this turn AOE into single target, but who cares? Mm. Right. You, as you, as you said, this is across all bosses, yeah. and a class that benefits from padding, uh, let's put it this way, a class that benefits from padding on the 99th percentile will, and on any pass, will appear screwed because the, the 99th percentile on any fight, if you look at the top cruisers passes for Windwalkers, some of them are extremely fair and square, DPSing the boss, mm -hmm. but some of them are just some guy popping Storm of Fire and doing 150k DPS to the ads. Whereas if you look at the top affliction pass on that same boss, it's going to be one guy tunneling the boss and doing 1.3 million DPS on that boss. So like the top Windwalker Monk is doing less than a million and doing a significant portion of his damage on ads. The top cl other classes are doing way more without the padding. So yeah, as you say, we are not looking that bad across all bosses. If you sure. check for Stauger, then you're going to see the monks actually drop really much lower, which is an issue because we don't want to be viable just because we can pad on farm yeah. when everyone stops DPSing AOE. That's not the way we should be. Well, this, so we kind of talked about your artifact and stuff already. And for more information on, of course, the artifact and the breakdown and relics and because Windwalker has so many resources, monks in general. Like, if you're looking for relic priority or the artifact path, which I had brought up here, like the, the artifact path is all posted up there. It was a huge, awesome write-up you can, guys can go check out about relics and stuff like that. So I'm not going to, like, dive into very guidey oriented stuff with this topic because it exists. Like, it's very, very apparent that this stuff has all been thought out and worked out, so you guys can check that out there on Peak of Serenity. But the the question that this really segues into is what are your thoughts towards Windwalker's current, I guess, underrepresented state? Um, I wrote these notes uh, into Friday and yesterday, but no way to really find out, like, what's represented unless, like, MMO Champion does a huge, like, parsed armory scan is you look mm -hmm. at just the parses on Warcraft Logs, which obviously isn't truthful, but, like, even looking at Nighthold Heroic, 
50 percentile. You have 91,000 parses. But then the high-end specs like Sin Rogue, 200,000. Red Paladins, 260,000. Affliction Warlocks, just over 200,000. And then Mythic Nighthold, you go to the 90 percentile, it drops up even more than that. You get 20,000 parses for Windwalker versus Sin Rogue at 65k, Red at 63k, or Havoc is up at 90,000. So, where do you think... Because it's not the playstyle, right? Like, it's it's one of the most reliable specs right now. There's not a whole lot of RNG. It's super smooth. You play it. You have a priority list. You, you, you dunk stuff. But it's just... What's the... Is there some misconception with the, the players out there, Babs? Like, what do you guys find from your side of things with the, the state of um, Windwalker? It, it, we actually saw a huge population boost uh, coming into Legion. I mean, I think... You know, I would venture to say out of all, short of Demon Hunters, out of all of the specs and all of the classes, Windwalkers may have seen one of the largest changes in representation. Um, it was a lot of fun. A lot of the changes that were made were made to really help new players um, compete and be able to perform. Um, you know, but it's gotten to the point where, you know, we only can play with, you know, we only really could play with Serenity during the first uh part of the expansion because Storm Earth and Fire really was very weak. Um, you know, now for a period of time, we only could play with Storm Earth and Fire. And now it's gotten to the point where you can play with both. So I think people, if you didn't like Serenity back at the beginning of the expansion, that would have turned you off to it. Then if you didn't like Storm Earth and Fire, um, that would have turned you off, you know, to the spec. So I, I think there have been um, a lot of changes in that regard. Um, and just that Windwalker requires a lot I don't want to say a lot more effort because I don't play any other specs, but Windwalkers does require pretty considerable effort um, to do things like pad on AOE or, you know, it requires setup time with getting stacks and um, we don't have to manage our buffs anymore um, and debuffs and stuff as much as we did in Warlords, but there's, there's a lot of um, feeling in the community that we're doing a lot more work than the numbers really show. And I think some people are bummed out by that uh, Windwalkers had a long series of uh, certain legendaries being effectively useless, you know, or essentially just stat sticks. Uh, so if people had bad legendary luck, you know, Windwalkers, I think, suffered there. Um, but really, you know, there have been, there was a huge surge of, of popularity because the spec is a lot of fun and a lot of people who are, are still playing it, you know, are, do, are doing so because it's so much fun, um, you know, but it has never been reflected well in SimCraft rankings, um, you know, to a certain extent. It um, has a lot of these kind of pitfalls that if somebody's just taking a casual look at, oh, what spec is best, what class is best, they're not going to be seeing Windwalkers. You know, even though in certain situations or in the hands of, you know, certain players, um, Windwalker can be a very strong spec in a, in a lot of different situations. But it, it, it kind of suffers from a huge... Um, mix of pretty much everything that all the other specs suffer from we just seem to suffer from all of the problems as opposed to half of them or you know one or two of them hmm there's there's something that's weird with when when the player misconception gets out there too when it's just like a numbers thing because for the most part unless you're like a super high-end crazy mythic raider then you can just play whatever you want really but that as we've talked about that before on many shows, that doesn't always work because players, even if they're a more casual setting or they're only running normal or only running heroic, 
they want to make sure that they are contributing as much as they can for their echelon of play. And if they see that not a lot of the top end players are playing X and Y and Z spec, that does trickle down. Which overall, again, like when it was like a 10-ish to 12% variance from top to bottom, it's not that bad. But right now we're definitely living in that 15 plus category and that, that feels like my newest parse. I'm like, all right, let's get, I got Concordance of the Legion Fall, BIS, uh, Legendaries. I've got, you know, 913 eye level on my Enhancement Shaman. I've got two super good single target focus. Let's do some patchwork Sims. And I'm like, all right, 930,000 DPS. All right, it's better. And then Warlock buddy of mine, no Concordance, only wearing his second and third best legendaries is like 1.1 million. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, a huge that difference. I, I think something that, because uh, I, I Panda has a really great point about what you were talking about, so I, I, I want to let him talk about it. But sure. something, like a way that somebody put it in chat, um, you know, was that Windwalkers feel punished. We, we are punished for not playing things correctly or playing things at a high level as opposed to, mm. or doing things right. You know, between our mm. mastery and our hit combo, you know, you are punished for your mistakes rather than rewarded for good play. Um, you know, so a lot of us play with a weak or that um, tells us, you know, what ability we've used last. Um, so we can keep track of our hit combo and our mastery. Um, and the one that I have and a lot of people have makes kind of a whistling sound when you drop it or when you mess up. So if you watch my streams or my kill videos, there's a lot of whistling, uh, you know, and that's very, you, know, you notice that you kind of feel that disappointment of, oh, I messed up as opposed to feeling good about the fact that up till that point I had kept it up because mm. a lot of these things just feel punishing more so than um, rewarding. But uh, Panda definitely, I know, has a really, you know, good perspective on the, in mm. terms of, you know, playing things uh, at the lower, lower levels. Um, yeah, I think I see which point you want me to bring up on that. Uh, basically, so yeah, Windwalker is actually probably harder or actually needs more effort put in the spec to perform at the highest level. And you're going to sacrifice a lot of what you do, aka your mobility, your defensive, because you need to use Touch of Karma offensively. You need to use your mobility to stick to the boss as much as possible to have a good pass. So the highest pass for a Windwalker is going to be extremely hard to accomplish compared to that of some other classes I will not name. And it's also way less rewarding. So it's a high risk, high risk, low reward class, which is like many people will play the class, say it's really fun. Oh, I finally managed to play the rotation fine and find where I can fill in my channel for Crackling Jade Lightning, how I can time my serenity well. And what's the result? Oh, I'm going to do mediocre compared to that other guy who just spam his button. So if two people are pressing their buttons the same way, just as efficient, and they perform way differently, that's not necessarily fine. Also, the point I usually make about hit combo, because many people say hit combo is a fun mechanic. Yes, it is. It's a great design, but then, and that's one thing they're turning down in the next patch, they are, the reason they buffed us from 14 to 19% was to make up for the fact that they nerfed our level 90 talents. Uh, hit combo being brought down from 16% currently down to 12% by reducing the number of stacks. Mm. But hit combo, so hit combo is the mechanic that says you can never press twice the same button, otherwise you have to ramp up that damage buff again. Hit combo is not necessarily a cool mechanic because 
Well, even if you're a really good player, you're going to drop hit combo. Not because you want to, but because server lag is going to mean the, the game is going to register your blackout kick twice. Or you're going to tap target. Mm. You're, you're targeting one thing, you face towards that slime next to Helia, you tab, and tap doesn't work. And then you press, because it's one spell a second, one spell a second, you have to spam. If you're not spamming, you're not doing right. So you tab, you press that other spell, it should have worked, it didn't. But then you keep moving and game latency just register, registers your next spell, which is again spinning crane kick. This one doesn't require a target, so you just hit the same button twice. Why? Because of that targeting. That's something out of your hands. The first case is you lost hit combo, so 16% damage that you're going to have to ramp up because of game latency. The second time is because of tap targeting. There are no good reasons to drop hit combo. Once you're a good windwalker, you're going to drop it because there is extremely long period of role playing and you cannot just spam spells in that meantime. Or like for instance, when you go from one platform to another on the last boss in Upper Kazan, you're going to lose hit combo. Because the role play takes 10 seconds and you are pacified. You're going to lose it. So you get punished by this mechanic, but not rewarded at any other point. Mm -hmm. So when some mechanics can punish you, but when you do them perfectly, you're still subpar, it's not fine. I like hit combo, I, but I'm really happy to see it getting toned down because that means I lose less damage when the game decides, you know, I, hit combo, I couldn't use it on PTR testing and alpha testing because the last latency was so high, I would drop it every other spell. That's how bad it was. And mm. it's really sad that you cannot use the right stuff. So yeah, we are, uh, high risk, low reward, and sometimes you can just lose your DPS to something that's completely out of your control. And may, it, there are many different cases. There, this is a similar sort of argument, even though not to bring up and like try to poke fun directly at Retribution Paladins right now. They, from what I gather from the one in my guild and then the, all the funneling he gets, like from chat or from their Discord, it's that. They have so much, they have a lot of power right now. One of the best DPS specs numerically in the game, mostly because it's all bundled into Crusade. Like, they are the Crusade window right now. Outside of that, meh, right? So they're, they're rewarded and, and they play really well on that window. But because of that window of time, the rest of the rotation feels very meh. And Blizzard sort of finds these things that, that really make you feel powerful. But then if something ever gets in the way of you doing that, it feels really, really bad. And it's a whole slew of things. You know, lag, RP. Uh, I'm not going to say movement, because movement is part of the challenge of raiding. That's, that's okay. But when there's too much value in a spec in, like, a talent, it might become a little bit too problematic, because then it, A, devalues the rest of them in the same row, or B, totally creates the entire playstyle because only that one matters. And when you're getting so much damage, like you said, from hit combo, it becomes way too mandatory. So there are some things that I hope they tweak. I mean, that's what's happening to Affliction Warlocks in 7.2.5. So when we revisit them uh, in the next coming months or so, we'll have to see how that all pans out for them because they're losing a ton getting moved around and shifted, so they're, 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 they're keen to it. So I guess we have to deal with it for a few, little while until they... Blizzard, as they catch up to us, so... On a totally different note, Mage Tower is a thing. So, the Fell Totem's Fall 
is the mage tower. You, it's the Tor, the, the Jormonger, the big old worm. Uh, you have a bit of a write-up and stuff on the website, but how did you guys both feel? Babs, what do you feel about the uh, the artifact challenge for Windwalker? And how did you, how'd your Mage Tower challenge go? It uh, it went pretty well. I mean, Windwalker, I, I think, is considered to be one of the easier ones. Um, we have a lot of tools to kind of use for the stuff. It, it the, my For me, personally, I tried to do it after raid one night and tried for like an hour and just needed to go to sleep instead of continuing to try but then came in the next day and like one shot or two shot it. So um, it was relatively easy. I think we had a lot of leeway in that um, it required interrupting and stunning and, and stuff. And we have, you know, two or three different abilities that we could have used um, between paralysis and spear hand strike and leg sweep. Um, we had a lot of, a lot of options. I know a lot of people did it with serenity. A lot of people did it with storm earth and fire. Um, so there was some flexibility hmm. and uh, you know, it really just, it kind of exposed for me, uh, you know, issues in my gameplay, you know, in the multitasking of, you know, being able to interrupt quickly while doing, you know, something else. So um, it wasn't, I would have preferred for it to be a little bit harder, um, but I also would have been fine without doing it because I transmog my fist weapons to be invisible. So it, you know, it's kind of uh, moot for me in terms of getting a different uh, artifact skin. You you do I didn't notice them at all in your yep. in your armory link. That's good that, they're not there. Is that like heathenistic for the Windwalker ways to not have your like your big stupid Hellboy hands <laughs> or something like that? Or you have your Wolverine claws? Come on! <laughs> there uh, are a couple issues, yeah. That like they tend to not show most of the time and suddenly show sure. for one ability, right. yeah. which is kind of awkward. They tend to clip into the bodies of most uh, races, yep. and particularly female blood elves and pandarins, uh, which are obviously the most important ones. But yeah, the clipping is annoying. The fact that they shit and then shit all the time is annoying. So, well, if you take two players, you probably have one eager to show his weapons all the time and the other one less so eager that he will probably try to, you know, stay on that uh, hidden transmog. And I am part of that club, the hidden <laughs> fist weapons, yeah. It's way more Kung Fu style, so it's yeah. fine. It feels more monk-esque to be, you know, yeah. actually hitting them with your fists, not sure. these knuckles on top of your fists. Well, yeah, that uh. challenge was lackluster because it was not really a challenge. It was fine that it was doable at really much lower item levels than other challenges. Like, it's kind of sad that, the, for instance, the end of the Demon Hunter challenge requires you to have somewhat above 890 item level equipped and some DPS legendaries, but the fact is for Windwalkers, it was way too forgiving. When mm. Babylonius wanted to make a video guide for it, he said, I forgot to record mine. Do you have some clip of it? I gave it to him. Then I told him, there might be a, a few shady things in there because I did every possible mistake in the book in the video because I failed everything, yet I three-shot it or two-shot it because it was so forgiving. The stuff that you were supposed to interrupt I let it through two or three times. I got stunned. Normally, if you're stunned, you should die. But no, I got stunned, dropped to 50% HP, popped karma, went into some mechanic, went back to full. So it was fun in design. But yeah, I guess there has to be an easiest challenge, whether it's enhance or us. 
But that one maybe mm -hmm. could have been less forgiving. Maybe like if you made at least the interrupt really one shot you. If you get stunned, you get really punished for it. Yeah. And if you if you let the eggs blow up, you get punished for it. But it looked like it was really designed as the the easiest one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people were people threw a lot of um, nonsense at me because I only. I did it like what, four wipes and then I beat it on my fifth time for Sigrin for the enhancement one. It took about 15 for the Havoc one though. That took a little bit of um of learning, but they're I thought they were supposed to be made for like to move Sargeras gear, but the tank ones were way too overtuned. They've been nerfed. And then a lot of people are getting the artifact challenges for the different specs at just under 900 with like no tier set. So mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, more knowledge helps, and it's fine people are doing them now. A lot of people are scared to do them now and want to do them in Tomb of Sargeras, but I think in Tomb of Sargeras gear, they're going to just be real easy. So I guess that's Yeah, I wish we could go back even now. Like, it would have made it easier yeah. for me making a video. It would have been nice to be able to do it a second time. Yeah, that's true. I don't know why we can't repeat it. It just doesn't exist. They said... They said they wanted to change that, and it's mm. actually fine. I wish I could because they were actually some quite fun. I wish there were some increased difficulty ones for some you know vanity color of the weapon or something because they were actually quite fun. But yeah, I wish yeah. it actually rewarded good play of Windwalker because there are so many things you can do with our kit. I wish it used the fact that we have transcendence in our kit. And mm. um, I would have loved to see us do, for instance, the Xylem challenge and see how Windwalkers fared in that content because oh. it was a f yeah. I, I wish I could actually do all the challenges as, as a Windwalker to see how we fare in the other classes mm -hmm. challenge because we have such cool kits that it it felt so wasted on the Feltodon thingy. Yeah, yeah, I think it would have been nice to do other like after you beat your specific one to be able to you know do yeah. other ones. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. There's a lot of work went into making and crafting these outside of the whole, like, suddenly they teleport or the tank stuff goes under the ground or whatever bugs were involved. But that'd be a definitely neat thing to do just for just for breaking rights, just for fun, just for solo content. We're getting another solo uh, scenario in the form of the Chromie death scenario in 725, which is very replayable. Like, it is a, you will go in and not beat it and have to go in more, more and more and more and more and more times to actually get farther and further and further. That's the whole point. So I love that that, that the solo content exists, that, that they're actually making it. But the Mage Tower one is so, you can just do one spec and then you're done, essentially. Right. So you can't do any of the others, which I think should be changed, but... On the Thank as we work here. Well, well, actually, probably we could, could do it because we could just burst the boss by the time we are in tomb gear. So maybe. that's actually a concern. We could actually probably nuke it. We were allowed to do it for you know proving grounds. I mean, these could, to a certain extent, be become the new newer versions of proving grounds. That's kind of true. Yeah, I mean, proving grounds still exist right now. I haven't tried to do any of that nonsense. I don't know how the scaling works in that one. Everything just scales up to you now, so stuff gets ridiculous, but that's neither here nor there. But the last little bit of topic here before we go to the mid-show break, a um, little over time, but a lot of things going over, is uh, Major Bugs, or Tomfoolery, <laughs> with Windwalker. So... It's all Panda. Hey, there, told me. There are a few <laughs> things you wanted to make sure are brought up in this... Uh, in this little segment here, please feel feel free. Indulge us. 
Okay. Well, we got major changes back in 715. I think it was 715 that brought all the SF fixed memes. Yep. When, like, we actually, we sent Blizzard a list of a shit ton of bugs. We put it on US forums, EU forums, and then there was a, a race for which forum gets the most upvote, and EU won, obviously. <laughs> uh, after this, they gave us many answers, and they got the message as in, here's a list of the bugs, please fix them. And we were trying to say, SCF is not working, please surrender. Uh, and like, they probably didn't get the message because they fixed all the bugs we sent. But then as more people started playing with SCF, more bugs popped up because it's impossible to fix it. And it's a very frustrating spell. Yeah. So as more people play it, well, more bugs are uncovered. And some of the bugs are still there, are not really bugs, but more stuff like if you roll, well, your clones are not going to cast something right after your roll. So for instance, if you do roll, then Fist of Fury, they are going to stand next to you and you're going to lose two thirds of your burst damage. Or sometimes they are going to get stuck or attack something that's ignoring damage, like the Eye of Ilginoth. I was mentioning the small ads on Xavius. So we are concerned that in the future, if some immune ads show up, we might still need, you know, to post bug reports on the forums for six months before that gets fixed. And it's kind of irrelevant if they fix now that our clones go onto the small ads on Xavius Phase 1. But that might happen. We also have a bunch of bugs with Serenity, uh, which are mostly good ones. But that means people are actually need to abuse bugs to stay competitive. If you look at the top passes using, well, the top single target passes for Monk are basically using what we call the Holy Trinity of chest, braces, and Serenity. And in the, this combination, your opener basically is abuse rising sun kick bugging out with serenity to cast it two or one or two more times during your opener yep. that amounts to a lot of damage another bug that people have abused but less so because chest is less used with scf is sometimes if you channel something with your clones they will keep channeling even if you tell them to say to do something else so for instance they start a crackling jade lightning then you tell them to rising sun kick they will do both at once these kind of bugs are becoming part of, you know, second nature for us windworkers. Uh, and people in the top logs are always going to use them, which is not cool because that's part of why your 50th percentile windwalker is doing really bad and your 99th percentile windwalker is probably not doing just as bad because he's abusing stuff. And it's become so such a second nature that you have to abuse bugs and you have to know which bugs exist because you have to play around bugs. And one thing we've suggested time and time again that should be really easy and make Blizzard's life and ours much easier is please give us SCF that lets us do 100% of our damage and our clones deal heavily reduced damage. We don't care about class fantasy at this point. At this point, we're just, I, 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 you just have a macro that says cancel or storm earth fire because if you see your clones doing something shitty, you're going to cancel it. So please, let that be, let SCF be some sort of Tiger Eye Brew as it used to be. Because right now, it's never going to end. We are always going to come back to you with new bugs. I don't know if someone from Blizzard will ever hear this, but just look at the facts. 
the more you fix SCF, the more we have new bugs. Last time we told you they didn't channel Fisto3 fast enough. You made them channel it so fast that now people are canceling their own Fisto3 after the, the clones have finished channeling theirs because it's a lot of DPS to have the clones do nothing while they are done. So that's not how the game should be. We are doing some weird stuff in the next patch as well. We're canceling, we're counting ticks of Fisto3 because we want to cancel them at very precise time because we want a certain number of GCDs inside Sciency. We do really fancy stuff that makes 99th percentile looks look mediocre when the actual situation for the 50th percentile monk is really bad. So yeah, I cannot list all mm. the bugs because you want to head to that break, but yeah, <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much. There's something incredibly potent about that argument. I mean, whatever this in the BTS podcast, if you want to check that out, of course, there's that made so much sense to me. Yeah, I know the whole fantasy of Stormworth and Fire is that you split into three, you know, even sections. We are all doing, um, it's 40, 40, 40, right? 40%, 40%, 40% right now. Um, it's 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, that's right. So overall, and then when you, you can snap them back to your main target and you're, you're doing a DPS increase, right? But they, because of their architecture and what they actually bounce to when you leave them on the multi-target version if they go you gave me this example that they bounce to the the stupid super high hp eyes on the second boss of the vault of the wardens for example which mean nothing to the encounter so why are they jumping over there but they have well, to they they kill them I, how they have millions and millions of hp <laughs> but um like they it could be a thing that I see it's why. Like, you, the monk, you do the same amount of damage, but you send out, you know, you turn to the storm, and then fire and earth go out there, they do 20% of your damage, or 30%, or whatever they want to, you know, balance it out to, to make it so that it's still a DPS increase when you focus them, or when they're, they're AOEing or other thing, but then it's less punishing on the monk if they're doing dumb crap. Right. Because <laughs> you can't, there's no macros to make them target stuff anymore, that's all gone. So, yeah. that's such a, every iteration it just sounds like this keeps coming back up that this spell causes so much kerfuffle yeah. and yeah. for instance on guldan one thing i'm doing is when i pop when the eyes of guldan spawn and i want to kill them i'm going to target myself the outer eyes because you don't want your clones to go on these ones so you want to be in the middle of the eyes targeting one of the other ones to make sure because your clones never go on the same target as you if they cannot if they can avoid so if they are not going to be behind that target mm -hmm. then they're going to be within the middle of the eyes which is good so you keep targeting outer eyes to make sure your clones do not do it themselves because they're going to be mispositions and that if we did 100%, 20%, 20%, then we could actually sit in the middle and kind of decide where most of the damage goes and the eyes actually right. do whatever they want. Right, yeah. The backward Fist of Free, where they just turn away from their target and Fist of Free in the air. <laughs> I've heard about fine. that too, that's, yeah. That's, that's... Right. It's funny. It looks really funny, but... Yeah. It's not funny when you're trying to kill the boss. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's a situation where we saw... So much improvement. I mean, in 7.1.5, there was so much improvement to Storm, Earth, and Fire. But there are still these situations, and the situations are relatively plentiful, where a DPS increase is actually a DPS decrease. And 
you know, it to a certain extent feels like they're sticking to fantasy over function, um, you know, with some of these changes, because it's not like we haven't been suggesting them since Alpha, you know, for Legion. So, I mean, it it really, um, at you know, it's disheartening. And I, and I uh, it's pretty well known that I'm not the biggest fan of Serenity, so I play with Storm, Earth, and Fire as much as possible. Um, you know, so even I am willing to look past a lot of the bugs uh, uh, and continue playing with it, but you know, some of them are hard to ignore. When I when I see a, a a spirit turn around in Fist of Fear in the opposite direction, or when I see them running, you know, to to something that's far away, as opposed to using Flying Serpent Kick or Roll because they seem to have their own internal cooldown, you know, that's kind of just disheartening. Like, come on, dude, let's go get to where you need to be, so I can <laughs> you know not be doing less DPS than if I hadn't used you at all. I mean, it still falls under that. Yeah, you know, possible DPS loss, and I think that just shouldn't exist for our main DPS cooldown. There is some just this weird gum in the works, or something, or as everyone wants to make fun of the whole spaghetti code going on. It's a very complicated spell. I get it, but I don't think you ask most monks. And this was the question that was brought up through Discord: Is do you like the new SEF versus the version when you could macro to put targets? And I, I, I'm going to imagine that most monks would want to go back to the controlling their clones directly. See, oh, but I, I think they they say that, but they don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> In terms of most monks. Okay. You know, definitely at the higher end and people who are, people who have experienced that, I think, sure, you know, it seems like it would be a lot better if they, uh, well, put it this way, if they fixed all of the issues that, were with it beforehand, then yeah, going back would be much easier. Um, you know, but you can't compare it directly to Warlords because there were so many more issues, um, you know, with Warlords, or at least different issues. And, um, you know, I think anyone who has picked up Windwalker this expansion, which I think there's a lot of, it would be very difficult to go back um, the other way because it adds a, a level of micromanagement. Um, you know, I, I can't honestly say that the old way was better or the new way was better because they're almost completely different right. uh, functionally. But I think a lot more people will say that they would prefer the other way and then get back to the other way and realize that this way still kind of sucks. And it was also a mess to balance. Like the whole issue was you cannot have class just deal. Well, it was more than 40%, but yeah, on two targets, it was a 40% theoretical damage increase, even if those targets were split. And as I said before, progress is often about nuking the boss and one more target. If you look at hard bosses, there is often this kind of padding that comes up. And Windwalker was way too good at that, so they had to be toned down besides, because not only did they deal 40% more damage thanks to SEF, but they also had Fist of Fury cleaving, she explosion or spinning crane kick or whatever so it was not just SEF it was SEF on top of all the cleave and as you can see I mentioned it before for instance they are nerfing the demon hunter bracers because they give them them too good of a cleave with bloodlet well they are nerfing our fist of three and spinning crane kick because our cleave aka the percent of our damage that gets increased on two targets is too high right now if there are two targets, well, you're yeah. going to Serenity and be a god. You're going to Feast of Fear and be a god. If there is only one target, you're going to be shit. So once again, my hope is that they are aiming at that, that we can be good on single targets if we don't just blow out of proportion as soon as there is an extra target. But yeah, the old SCF was an issue with that. 
the current one, I don't know, as long as it's a single target spell, I don't see a reason why the PvP player should, you know, you get feared, you trinket, and then you see your clones running out, and you think, yeah, they're gone for eight seconds, they don't have a trinket, well, whatever, I'm just cancelling <laughs> that spell and using it again because I want a nuke now. That makes no sense. If uh, you're not a good Windwalker player, if you don't have a cancel or a macro for your burst, that doesn't make sense. But yeah, or mass entanglement, you can take your lust yourself, but you can also ask your healer to freedom you and tiger lust one of your clones so that he comes and dps's with you that makes no sense but it exists so the mm. fact that it's it's never a good thing if you can want at some point to cancel over your burst and it's the case with serenity because of a bug it's the case with sef because of many bugs <laughs> and that's not class fantasy class fantasy is not thinking hey i use my iconic spell that's a dps loss doesn't sound yeah. right to me. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, it's again, it's a very complicated system. I'm sure it's not one, you know, one oh. bug fix all sort of deal. But um, we've got a whole other things to discuss. I'm gonna move us right along here and plug a few things that chat may not be aware of. Of course, for the purposes of the vod, to make sure I I cover all this. So if you miss any part of the main show and you haven't seen it and you want to go back and watch it, of course every show goes on YouTube. Every single show is posted up here on the YouTube channel, linked down below. They're all sorted by the year at which they're in. That's like the season of the show is by the year. So all the ones that we've been so far. And then of course you can go back to 2016 and keep going back and back and back to see all the different specials we've had. You can also check the channel guide. The channel guide will list you a whole bunch of things in a different different format if you want to go and find the specials and things like that. But you can go back and find all these all the way back to 2013. I bet it'd be a weird blast in the past to go back to the old, old shows and see where it's all gone from there. But all of that is there for you. Additionally, if you want to listen to the show's audio only, you can do so by looking up Final Boss TV on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music or just through the RSS feed on the website or the podcast play button on my website, finalboss.tv, if you want to do audio only. Additionally, of course, I have to give a huge shout out to everyone that's supporting the show on Patreon. And if you are wanting more podcasts, there are more podcasts on the Patreon page. Here's the BTS for the Windwalker Monk. There was the BTS with the, the Preach Show and Ghosty just the, the other day. Only just Preacher and I sat down and talked for almost two hours. Then Ghosty, of course, on the main show. And then there, it goes on and on and on from there. There's the Bear Druid show. We've got the Feral Druid show. We've got all this stuff. If you actually click on the the tag, the Patreon BTS, if you're on, they keep going all the way back. I think they go all the way back to Hunters, I believe. Yeah, it goes all the way back to episode 126. Started making these. So if you want more podcasts, much more unscripted versions, those are right there. Or if you want to support the show in a more physical sense... There's the official apparel store via Designed by Humans. I work together with a whole bunch of awesome artists in our little community to bring you the little final bosses that Fabelina made or the sort of commemorative shirts we've put together so far for Method and Exorcist. Different styles as we've gone through here. The newest one for the Demon Within being much more of like an Illidan stamp with this crazy awesome exploding Gul'dan head. But a whole bunch of different styles, colors, fabrics you can pick all right there through Design by Humans. You can bring one of these shirts to BlizzCon and go find this silly sparkle dragon and blame him for all the SEF bugs. That also works too. 
and more things on the horizon. The more I get support for this kind of stuff, the more I can work with artists and make things. I've got like mugs and different stickers on the horizon. And uh, there's two more shirts that are being worked on, just slowly over time, rolling those things out. So thank you all for the support in that regard, keeping the show, doing this thing, supporting your butt, support my butt while I talk to yours and interview all these nerds in the show. And the, the side comment, the uh, the shows coming up on the future, like we have Arms and Fury on the horizon, or like Unholy and Frosty Ks, or we just did Holy and Disciplined Priests. It's my most requested thing to split all the shows up into individual spec shows. And after we do the full first pass on all the shows in Legion, because we'll be here for so long, I am going to split everything apart. So after the first time through, all the future shows in Legion and then the next expansion whatever will be individual specs, each getting their one show at a time. It's going to take even longer to get through all of them. So, be, you know, bear with the show as it goes through. So, you know, be patient. But that is the the big channel uh, change after this first pass through. But that's enough about me and this show. So let's talk about some stats and some specific things with with monks here. How about uh, give me a quick rundown of, of stats for Windwalker? What do you care about prioritizing with gear and secondary shenanigans? Babs, what have you guys uh, figured out? We uh, we care about agility, agility, okay. agility, agility. Um, mm -hmm. You know, really, when we get a lot of questions in Discord, the answer is pick the one that you had the you know the, the highest eye level. Um, you know, Windwalkers really prioritize agility. Um, you know, after that, uh, we want to aim for mastery. Really, for the most part, um, you don't just kind of want to stack things indefinitely, um, just because of the way interactions with stats work, but. Uh, we do uh, mastery and then typically critical strike um, and then versatility uh, followed by haste for single target. Um, but in AOE where you do use a lot more spinning crane kick um, and resources are more difficult to come by, haste pops all the way up uh, to be behind mastery. So uh, really, you know, mastery is our biggest stat, um, you know, but like I said, because of the way stats work um, now in terms of, you know, Mastery makes things hit harder. Crit makes things hit bigger. You know, makes uh, crits more likely. Mastery makes the crits bigger. Versatility makes everything bigger. Like, because of the interplay, you can't. We can't just stack one. Um, you know, there are no hard caps or soft caps or um, break points or anything for any of our stats really. Um, Death calls to So yeah, it's just kind of pretty much agility. You know, with big exclamation marks and then mastery, haste and AOE crit versatility and then haste and single target okay i was trying to bring up your tier posts and there was a crazy ad that started yelling at me so that's that's fixed now goodness gracious <laughs> but yeah that's the one thing that brings up i mean you have you have more information about all this stuff on peak of serenity but the one thing that's interesting to see is everyone always asks for like is there any break points or is there any feel good things but it's funny that both both the energy classes really don't care about haste, but they've tried so hard to make you care about it, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Both. Yeah. And, and you we've just given say them... both the energy classes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Rogues don't matter. What are rogues? It's just Feral okay. Druids and, Feral Druids <laughs> thanks, and Moonwalker thanks. monks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, no, I... there's opportunities for haste to be better. They're just not. <laughs> there, there are misconceptions a lot about haste. It's hard to value. One of the big things is 
moving into Legion, they gave us this really strong spell to replace Chibru. I guess everyone loved Chibru, but they replaced it with an Drazing Elixir, which refills your Chi and energy bar completely, instantly. And it's actually so strong to have every minute 5 Chi, which is the uh, 5 Chi is actually the equivalent of 125 energy, which is a huge amount and full energy, which is, well, with your trade, you can make it 80 energy. So 200 energy a minute when your base re energy regeneration is 600 with no haste means you can quickly reach the point where actually this spell accounts for 20% of your gener resource generation. So actually, as you gain haste, you don't gain if you get 20% haste as a rogue, it will likely turn out to be close to 20% more energy. As a monk, it's going to be 14, 15% more resources because you have this one big spell that gives you so much resources. So many, uh, it gives so much that actually it makes haste worse. And people think, well, if you have more haste, you have more energy to cast your spells. Well, no, because you have more spells to cast as well. And the rate at which your, your spells get shorter cooldowns right. is actually bigger than the rate at which you get more energy because of that spell. Mm. And yeah, on mastery, people are always saying, yeah, my sims say mastery is worse than crit right now and I only have 10,000 and I see many monks with like 12,000. It's because, well, mastery is not affecting all of your damage. It doesn't affect melee hits and touch of karma and stuff like that. But as soon as you have two or more targets, these kind of stuff like melee hits, touch of karma and the likes, they are a smaller percent of your damage. So as a result of that, the more targets you have, the better mastery is usually. And the same goes for haste. Haste is cool if you have 10 targets for 30 seconds. That never happens. If you have 10 targets for 8 seconds, then you're going to use Energizing Elixir again, which is going to make... Well, your, G your GCD is not going to get reduced by haste. So as long as you don't get started within these 10 seconds, you're just going to, in your haste, use Energizing Elixir, cast as much of your spells as you would have otherwise, and you his targets. So haste looks good on paper on many targets for a sustained time, maybe in dungeons. In actual burst AoE scenario, 10 seconds AoE, 20 seconds AoE in reds, Energizing Elixir is all the haste you need, and mastery is the only stat you're going to go through. That's the untold truth about these two stats and yeah there is much more to read about on that topic huh yeah we're, we're, we'll go through talents and things here in a moment um that i guess the next point we'll go over your tier pieces um your tier 19 which we're currently sitting in right now the vestments of enveloped dissidents i don't usually comment this so much but that's it's a pretty edge lordy name for your tier set. Just saying, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little on the nose there. The next one is better. Tier twenty is much better. But um, so your two piece reduces the cooldown of Rising Sun Kick by three seconds, and then your four pieces using three sequentially different abilities will grant you two thousand mastery for ten seconds, which basically I, I would assume means it's up all the time. It's just a passive two thousand mastery bonus. So yeah, basically, did tier nineteen just felt like a okay set definitely nowhere near we'll talk about tier 20 in a moment but nowhere near what's gonna happen with tier 20 but uh, overall mathematically just a little boost with the tier 19 mm, it's yeah the 2p was is only like useful below three targets 
So that was kind of a concern early on. Uh, we're an AOE class and we get something that's really mediocre. It used to be two seconds, it's three now. Mm -hmm. So it used to be mediocre, now it's fine. They buffed it. It's single target or cleave only, that, that's fine. The 4P is really straightforward and 3.5% DPS gain approximately, which is fine. The the issue is the 2P, well, it got better once we started using Sanity. It's now really significant for single target and cleave. But yeah, we're happy with the set. It was one of the weaker ones in Nighthold when we came in. So we were kind of last priority for tier anyways. Yeah. But it, it was fine to get and was definitely an increase over just equipping non-tier pieces. Yeah, it was it was strong enough that you felt it when you got it. But if you mm. didn't have it, it's not like your life was over. You couldn't right. do anything worthwhile. We're going to miss it, though. Yeah. Well, moving on to, to tier 20 to preface that, are you guys looking at any four-piece tier 19, one-piece or two-piece tier 20, or like two-piece tier 19, four-piece tier 20? Like, what is, what's that before I bring up tier 20 overall? Are you guys... Yeah. Um, well, right right now, it, it looks like, you know, if you take item level out, um, we are going to want the tier 20 four-piece and then the, the tier... 19 two piece mm. um you know it, it i think they have and panda may disagree here but i think they have less synergy than it originally looks like it um you know because you know reducing the cooldown of rising sun kick by three seconds doesn't give you um an extra rising sun kick during the five second fist of fury buff outside of serenity so outside of serenity then um you know it really those two-piece bonuses really don't interact as much. Um, and then with the four-piece, the more Rising Sun kicks you have, the more it reduces your Fist of Fury cooldown, but then the more your, the smaller your Fist of Fury cooldown, the less Rising Sun kicks you'll be able to fit. So it's not quite as crazy yeah. as it could be. Um, it, it, as you know, to a, to a similar extent that, it, that they help each other, they do kind of hurt each other. Um, but yeah, th there's a, a pretty nice synergy, um, you know, between the two. But I don't think it's quite strong enough that we're going to be, you know, sticking with the tier 19 unless you're going back to farm Thunderforged, you know, which I think is a silly mechanic to even have to be a thought. Uh, but yeah, you know, but yeah. So I, like I said, Panda may have a different uh, opinion of the interaction. Well, yeah, I'll bring yeah. up. So what you're getting with Zhuen's battle gear in tier 20 then is your two pieces when Fist of Fury ends, the critical strike chance of rising sun kick will be increased by 50% for five seconds. And then rising sun kick on your four piece, rising sun kick critical strikes will reduce the cooldown of Fist of Fury by two seconds. And there's also some tornado kick synergy there as well. But you want to walk, walk through the, um, the good and the bad of your tier 20 that you guys have figured out, Panda? For sure. It's, um, so once again, Rising Sun Kick on high AoE is not something you're going to cast. So that part again is less relevant to AoE dungeons and stuff like that. The 2P is actually quite strong and on a decent power level on single target, it's not nothing amazing, not nothing like, well, I'm glad to drop tier 19 2P to get that one because it's actually not that fancy, but it's fine. The 4P originally looks really weak because getting zero to four seconds reduction on your Fist of Fury is not 
it's not particularly fancy or something you'll dream of, especially since this is the patch where they nerfed Fistofury by 20%, which is a huge deal. Nerfing one ability by that much is not just making it 20% weaker, because it's you have to compare Fistofury to what else could you be doing, and that other thing hasn't changed, so you have to subtract that other Rising Sun Kick, Blackout Kick, whatever, and see that the margin gain, well, when you remove 20%, that margin just decreased by 40% or something. So Fist of Fury is weaker. Casting it more will starve you a lot, but that should be fine. Uh, and the interaction is that actually, yeah, there is the trait, which you can maybe bring up, that says your, your Rising Sun Kick hits twice in a row, and the second hit can crit and can reduce the cooldown on Fist of Fury. This means when you Rising Sun Kick right during the buff and you have 90% crit chance, you're going to see your Fist of Free cooldown melt really quick. Where I disagree with Babylonius is that, for sure, outside of Serenity, the tier 19 2P does not allow you to get two Rising Sun Kicks outside of maybe Bloodlust or crazy amounts of haste inside that new buff, but well, the fact that it might happen during Lust is extremely relevant and might create some weird haste gap that allows you to do that during Lust. The other thing is they, what they give us with this is this 4P allows you to cast Fist of Fury twice inside your Storm Earth Fire if you are using the Legendary Wrists, which make your SCF last around 20 seconds. But, well, if you used, for instance, Tier 19 2P, or even, you would like to fit the maximum number of Rising Sun Kicks in that Storm Earth Fire. And the two things kind of go against one another. If you just don't have any tier 19. If you start your SCF with Rising Sun Kick and then Fist of Free, as the Fist of Free ends, your Rising Sun Kick is on a big cooldown, so you cannot use it within the buff. So then you think, I might want to use it the other way around, but then that means you don't get the same number of Rising Sun Kicks inside SCF. So it all works against one another. You would like to go Rising Sun Kick, Fist of Free, wait a bit, Rising Sun Kick, then Fist of Free, and at the end, get one more Rising Sun Kick. But that's not going to happen without Tier 19. We're looking at very, very fancy stuff with Serenity, with Wrists, or without, with SCF, and all seems to point, to point towards you want to actually be farming Titan Forge pieces. For instance, the legs are really badly itemized in uh, Tomb and really well itemized on Gul'dan, so if you have a chance to farm Mythic Gul'dan, just do it. But nah, it's we don't want this to happen, and it's it shouldn't happen considering how weak in theory our tier 19 is. We don't want Blizzard to randomly nerf us to fix issues that do not even exist. But yeah, and another issue with that 4P is that even though we have increased crit chance, as we mentioned yesterday, it's not 100% crit chance, and when you don't have the 2P buff up, it's 30-35% crit chance. So, as you said, our rotation is extremely well-oiled, it's extremely reliable. A Windwalker can do the same fight, and the only thing that's going to change is the way... You can do, like, I've done 200 pulls on Gul'dan Mythic before killing it, and I've done this boss the same way so many times without changing a thing because I knew everything was up when I wanted it to. All the delays are really important. Lining stuff up is really important. You add our engine to this, 
you might get your first three, four seconds earlier, depending on your crit RNG. That's really not something to tamper with with monks. So I'm really scared of where this puts us because, as I said, I'm scared of how gimmicky Windwalker can be. Yeah, it has been before. So you don't want us to do fancy stuff because, like, if it's possible to do, there's some guy in Australia called Ruhai who'll find a way to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. There's there's something interesting about how talents aside or just the core of the spec or even any parts of your artifact never pulled Windwalker away from this very combo, you know, A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D rotation, right? Not exactly, but like you never hit the same ability twice in a row. It very, it flows very well into its own self, unless you're, you know, getting stacks for AoE. But it it doesn't have any inherent nonsensical RNG, which uh, the as the pillars of DPS conversation comes up here and there on my shows as we go forward, if you have like one and a half to two of the pillars, once you get to that third pillar and you have all three of them and you're balancing everything, then it gets rough. And it's funny how this set bonus alone inputs, which has been, it's been changed even. And overall, it's probably going to work out just fine. But on a minute to minute or, you know, every 10 second basis playing a Windwalker Monk, this adds so much that Windwalker has not dealt with the entire expansion. Mm-hmm. So much yeah, I mean, new RNG. So you're you're really you're gonna feel it. You know, if you hit if you get a, a string of rising sun kick crits in a row, you're gonna feel that difference because man, oh my gosh, already Fist of Fury is up. But if you don't, you're gonna feel it because oh man, where's my Fist of Fury? It's not ready yet. I mean, you know, it's gonna be weird because it's gonna be hard to get used to, um, you know, and you're gonna have to kind of constantly be checking your rising sign or your fist of fury timer and even you know maybe emphasize you know something a week or something when rising sun kick crits so that you know that fist of fury is being reduced you know it just adds that you know like you said that that extra level of something to worry about that windwalker certainly doesn't need right now or yeah. at all but your set looks really cool. You have the cool little top hand things and the elbow pads and stuff. It looks real good, though. I'm showing it off on screen. So that's, but that's everyone, everyone can get that smog, no? They they yeah. put it on an off tier piece. So now it's yeah. everyone is going to use it. Uh, I wish they had just kept that headpiece for monks because it's actually kind of crazy. It does look really cool. It is a, a, a the the art. You cannot deny the art. And the the level of just 3D and and volume on pieces like this is what chat this is just the gloves the gloves give you the elbow pads and the bracer part and the glove part all in one one full sweep here and then some of the other tier 20 pieces have like extra bits on the boots and whatever but yeah the pants give you the little knee the knee pads there it is a cool looking set that is for sure. It looks nice. So yeah. we'll have to see how you guys figure that. I'm sure you'll have the spreadsheet all worked out to figure all the craziness out. You'll have some weak auras to help people out and, <laughs> and, and handle the tier 20 just fine. I, I don't think anyone's super worried about it, but it'll be something definitely to to um, to work for as, as it goes for it. Oh, the chest gives you the elbow parts? The chest gives you the elbow parts. So the gloves are just the bracer and the glove part and the chest gives you the elbow pads that's interesting 
And I guess my enhancement shamans tier 20 are pants give us the cool boots. So interesting. Huh. I didn't know th I, that. Okay, Blizzard. Tie the elbow pad to the chest. Fair enough. Um, how about legendaries and trinkets? Real quick, if anything that really comes to mind about this. Everyone wants you to talk about the legendary ring. First off, you want to open with the legendary ring, giving you chi <laughs> orbit. Yeah. Uh, Free chi I, I orbit. Mean, we could probably open with the fact that no, there is no kind of silliness with trinkets or, you mm -hmm. know, or stuff like that. We had our convergence of fates, which was, you know, promptly nerfed, uh, smashed yeah. into the ground. Um, you know, but yeah, they're, they're really, I mean, there's not a, a ton of silliness. We don't have a, a, a draught of souls or draft of souls, however you pronounce that, you know, um, like certain classes do. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the legendary ring, uh, I'll, I'll let Panda talk about first because he'll just override anything that I say. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I think the the topic was legendaries in general and not the ring yet. Well, like, you can open with the legendary ring because we still don't know how it's yeah. gonna pan out. Because I'll bring up the other stuff for legendaries right now. But yeah, do you have talk on the ring first? I guess. Well, yeah, we want to be careful with whatever we say about the ring because we don't know how it will be obtained. There are rumors around that it might be. Like, my opinion is that it's extremely hard or impossible for Blizzard to balance it for every spec if it's just a regular legendary. We are looking at PTR and seeing different stats on the rings for every class or like some different class uh, have different stats on it. And the expectancy is that if it's balanced versus other legendaries, it probably will have reduced stats for most because, for instance, gaining first blood on a demon hunter is probably stronger than the effect on, of any other legendary. Mm. The worrying thing is that we get an extremely lackluster legendary, even if it was even on AoE, on single target, even if it was at full stats, because, well, for instance, having no agility is already a bad thing as a monk on a legendary because as Babylon you said, uh, I've written an article just to explain this concern. Well, it's not a concern, but we scale more on agility than other classes, less on weapon damage, less on stats, uh, secondary stats. But that means a legendary ring is already bad for us, for starters. The effect on it is one of the weakest around there because that adds up to Maybe right now, 3% of our damage doesn't scale off mastery, doesn't do anything, and is annoying to play with. But we don't know exactly how this will end up being tuned, how it will opt be obtained, and I'm just thinking for now, if this remains just an option versus other legendaries, I'm going to be slamming the wrists, the boots maybe, the cloak, the belt, if I want to run 2P plus 4P, but I'm not using the Mimorbit ring anytime soon. It's yeah, it needs to have something, some big news from Blizzard about it for me to consider it. Yeah, there because the, right now, and this is I will say this like seventeen times when I bring this up. This is not confirmed how we get these rings. We don't know if it's the regular drop chance. We don't know if it's the end of the class order hall campaign shenanigans. We don't know yet how we get them until they put the rest of that stuff in the PTR. As it currently stands right now, it's just another legendary that'll just drop. So if you have all the ones you have for your current spec, it'll be the only one you can get on that spec, which many of us are at right now. Like, I have every enhancement legendary in prep 
that if the ring is just another drop one, it's the only one I can physically get for enhancement. In case it ever gets better than it is right now, which it's not very good. Um, so, so it's it's we don't know yet though. But maybe everyone gets it for free. Who knows? We don't know yet. And but, we're kind of a, a weird spot where if everyone gets it for free, we're more disappointed than <laughs> like you know because yeah. <clears throat> if it's a normal legendary, we can just not use it. Sure. But like, say they allow us to use two other legendaries plus the ring. Then Windwalkers are genuinely upset about that because mm -hmm. it's a relatively weak, you know, not relatively. It's it's a pretty darn weak uh, talent, you know, and uh, it, you know, there were some better choices and, uh, you know, but yeah, it, it's, it's, we're in a situation where if we get it easier, uh, you know, and they just hand it out to everyone, we are more upset than if it goes like a normal legendary. Yeah. Uh, other legendaries, though, of note, you have all these written up in this really cool drop-down menu on Peak of Serenity, but um, I saw you both, I think you're both on your armory, you're both wearing the Emperor's Capacitor, the chest, which is the whole Crackling J Lightning PPPU Sith Lord thing, which I don't know if this is real or not, but you have your rankings down here, and like, you got so this is a neat little point, I mean, what, what are like the, what's BIS legendaries for Windwalker? Right um, for <clears throat> right now, you know, that chess legendary, which I am wearing begrudgingly, um, you know, the, the chess legendary is really, I think what we have closest to a best in slot. Mm. Um, you know, it, it is just pretty much across the board, the strongest legendary for single target, um, or priority damage. Uh, it doesn't, it kind of falls off in AOE, you know, cause you only, you only crackling Jade Lightning one target, but it does have a ton of stacks on it. Um, you know, as well. So it really, um, you know, it, because it's a chest legendary with the increased item level, you know, it's got a lot of stats and good stats on it. So it, uh, it's pretty much as, you know, what we have the closest thing to best in slot. Um, it partners very well with Serenity and with Drinking Horn Cover, the wrists legendaries, because uh, Serenity allows you to just cast cheese spenders. Each cheese spender increases the stacks from the legendary chest. And then drinking horn cover increases the duration of serenity. So m longer serenity equals more cheese spenders equals more uh, stacks of crackling jade lighting, and and they synergize very well. Um, yeah. The uh, <clears throat> the other legendaries like the legendary boots are are very strong for AOE uh, because it gives you one extra chi that you can really funnel into um, spinning crane kick, you know, and stuff like that. Um, the belt legendary, you know, the 90% uh, that all leather classes get is, is a strong legendary. Um, the gloves legendary is very strong for two targets and falls off a little bit before and after that. But um, the Windwalker legendaries are pretty balanced. The the uh, chess legendary is really uh, kind of an outlier uh, in terms of it is undeniably the strongest for single target. Yeah, you have a lot of, this is a pretty great little, I'm just kind of showing it off on screen here. So if you want more details on all the legendaries, they're all right here on Picos Trinity. You can look at each of them individually and all their, their back and forth. I love the Kill Jaden Burning Wish. How to use it. Press button, do damage. Perfect. That's real, <laughs> that's real thorough right there. Good sleuthing. Well, I mean, but, that's a, you know, I, I typed all the other ones and by the time I got down to that one, I was tired yeah. and didn't feel like typing more. 
But so there's no other goofy <coughs> nonsense. I think you had here on the Google document that the Eye of Command plus chest at high eye level is your best. Then like Chaos Talisman's good because it's good for every melee right now. If you get a high level one, good luck with your mythic boxes. Um, then regular Eye of Command. Six Feathered Fan goes way up there for you guys. I would assume because it gets amplified by hit combo and your mastery and stuff. Is that why it goes way up there? No mastery, just in general, it's a strong effect. We don't scale well off legendaries. It's oh. uh, mm -hmm. a lot of agility. So agility plus an effect that's overtuned is best in slot. The chest and chaos talisman are particularly memes for Windwalker because, as always, they are on top of the charts. But we have to mention that they are not as good as they look mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. as a Windwalker, you want to be able to swap targets easily. And I think mouse over macros to be able to melee hit the same target and stuff like that is not the way to go unless you have a really high eye of command that you stack it up slowly and you like your free stuff really means for four seconds you're not melee hitting so I, the average stack for a windwalker monk is probably one lower than everyone else with chaos talisman because you keep losing and uh, stacks and stacking back up so, yeah, it all looks good on paper, but I wouldn't be chasing either Chaos Talisman or Eye of Command as a monk. I would be going for Convergence of Fate, maybe even if it's really weak. Statistic mostly. Memento of Angaboda uh, and Twine Elemental Falsy are the big contenders that you're going to see up there. Of course, it's fine to get these others, but just get some high agility and something else that's not useless. Okay. How about, um, let's transition over to talents then. Babs, you want to run me through like a, a El Clasico current standard that you kind of sure. run with, with talent-wise? I, I already have um, early in Dragon Punch selected because you don't use Serenity, so just don't, you know, I got you right there. But, <laughs> but yeah, what, what kind of builds are out there right now for, for Windwalker? Yeah, I mean, right now there really isn't a ton of variance um, in what we choose. Uh, you know, uh, Really, everything kind of boils down to whether you're taking Serenity or Whirling Dragon Punch. Um, you know, Chi Orbit, as we kind of talked about with the ring, is really not a thought um, at right. all. But, uh, you know, Whir Whirling Dragon Punch, you know, is a, is a decently strong talent. Serenity has a lot of potential, especially when combined with the chest, uh, Legendary, and the um, uh, Gloves Legendary. You know, so really, you can kind of choose between those if you want. Uh, Serenity is a little bit more single target and a little bit more effort to set up AoE. Um, and you kind of squeeze all the bursts into a smaller window. Um, and then Whirling Dragon Punch is uh, more sustained, you know, you're less downtime uh, between big um, the big damage buffs. And kind of the rest of the other choices are somewhat based on that. Um, you're pretty much always going to be taking hit combo. Um, the level 75 talents all have, you know, they're all defensive, so they have their uses. Um, uh, the level 60 talents most of the time are going to be rocking leg sweep but summon black ox statue um, and Dave is a pretty useful uh, thing on a fight like Tychondrius or um, it works well on Gul'dan to be a, it counts as an additional soaker um, for the um, the bonds on Gul'dan and can really? taunt the yeah and can taunt the um, the fell lasher no no not fell lasher on um, spellblade Whatever the other um, ad that is called. Oh can, yeah, I heard the, the fell soul. The fell yeah. soul, yeah. yeah. It can tank that for a little bit and kind yeah. of eat forever. Um, a lash. 
Okay, yeah, it doesn't okay. take damage from it, and the uh, fell soul during that phase doesn't uh, melee hit, so you can actually just have it AFK on the the <laughs> ox statue <laughs> and not do that mechanic. Yeah. What yeah. the hell? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the the level forty five talents are, are energy row. You know, energizing elixir is just so much better. Um, I mean, it can pretty much provide up to like nine chi um, per minute, as opposed to power strikes, which is the next best, which caps out at four. So, I mean, you're talking about a huge change, you know, that Energizing Elixir is just that strong. And Panda, you know, talked about um, what it does to haste in our burst windows and stuff like that. Um, you know, really the only other, I guess, choice you have um, is down at the level 15 talents. And that's really even simply just uh, kind of Chi Wave if you're using Whirling Dragon Punch and Eye of the Tiger if you're using Serenity. Um, you know, even Chi Burst does more damage in an AoE situation. But uh, Chi Wave with the shorter cooldown and working with our mastery and our um, hit combo and stuff, it's just easier to use. Plus, Chi Burst has a cast timer, which just feels odd um, as a Windwalker. So, uh, yeah, we unfortunately do not have a ton of flexibility uh, in our talents outside of uh, choosing between Serenity and Whirling Dragon Punch. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a weird fall off there. I mean, at least you have some that have sort of a back and forth. But again, with, with hit combo being taken down in the patch, so it will only stack eight times, or six times. Six. Six times in the patch, yeah. It'll definitely take it down. So I wonder, because I always thought, and Shwen always comes up on any show for Windwalker. This is the third one, right? And mm -hmm. it's he was really strong for a time, and then he's just been, he's so weak that he's just not great. And then you have RJW down here now, but RJW is getting nerfed in 7... They're yeah. all getting nerfed, but technically. But Zuen's already just so weak, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, eh. It yeah. looks like a fine opportunity for Blizzard to make the the other talents show up a bit. But they... Oh, actually, we thought that was because they wanted to put Chiorbit on the ring, so they couldn't have it be too powerful, and they wanted to nerf that row in order to fit it on the legendary ring, which mm. made some sense. If Kenny is really weak, but it becomes an option thanks to the ring, then it's fine. And Kenny is actually... Well, Kenny is uh, invoked Zuen. Uh, Kenny is actually fine for short bursts. So I mentioned earlier, if you have a one-minute burst like Ilginoth one phase back in EN first yeah, day, yeah, yeah, sure. th that kind of stuff, Xuan is your go-to. But after 1.20 minutes, he's already worse than hit combo, which is fine. Rushing Jadewin is kind of weak, and they nerfed it in next patch from tagging four mobs down to two. So they took a useless talent and they gutted it so badly that we don't even know what they want to do with it. We thought that was because there was potentially an RJW ring in the making, mm. but no, no, not even that. There is right. absolutely nothing to it. And um, yeah. Yeah, wow. Because it, so even nerfing, I mean, its attack power coefficient isn't bad. Like that's, it's rather respectable. But again, being mm -hmm. cut down. But then applying the mark of crane to only two nearby targets in the patch from four, and it's got a six second cooldown reduced by haste. So it's still got like a probably like a maybe five second because you guys don't really have much haste on your gear. Mm -hmm. Is ah, that's such a hmm. yeah. The concern is that it applies a lot of stacks quickly with Serenity, sure. and the interaction of Serenity oh. and Rushing Jadewin 
potentially. Uh, if you come to think of it, Serenity looks like a single target talent, but when you're a Windwalker, you know that's it's kind of not that good on single target. It ends up being really strong, but it's just blackout kicks on single target. On AoE, it's your AoE nuke that costs three chi. On single target, it's going to pan out to be, you know, 20 or 15 chi gained. On AoE, it's 30 chi gained and a crazy burst AoE on every target. So if you could have that and rushing Jadewin at the same time, Oh, okay. You can try that out in dungeon. It does silly, silly stuff. So that's probably the reason behind that. But it's still they kill a talent that's already not used. Kind of sad to see that. But yeah, it's probably for safety. Well, yeah, that's like you think about like the AOE setup and stuff. And this kind of it kind of makes me think of how I used to play with Enhancement Shaman because you'd have mm. because you have to a get Mark of the Crane. You have to B, then go into Serenity. I don't know where at that point you also pop SEF. And then you get your Rushing Jade Wind going. You've got your Marks going. You've got your Serenity going. You've got your SEF going. And then you can get your um, your Spinning Crane Kick going. And then your Fist of Fury is going. If all these things, check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark. Whereas like a Fury Warrior just roars and then spins. Uh, you don't have SCF <laughs> at the same time as Serenity. Serenity removes SCF from your kit, replaces oh, it. That, that window yeah. of time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, right. the, no, Either you one. just don't have it at all. But the <laughs> thing is, yeah, SCF allows you to stack up Mark of the Crane. With mm -hmm. Serenity, you have to manually do it, which makes it hard. But right. it's really hard manually to do it, but extremely rewarding because then you get six uh, Spinning Crane kicks off for an insane amount of damage. That's why how mm. Cleave was beyond anything on Helia, it's because that Serenity on two target is way too powerful. And that's okay. part of what's getting gutted. But yeah, the concern is if you can go instantly into Serenity with six stacks of rushing Jedwin stacking stuff around, mm -hmm. you're a god. You're an absolute god. Yeah, that's almost like me. It's the, it's the window of time that you would either hit Serenity yeah. or hit SAF, because either one. Because both have that setup point. It's those check marks you'd have put on there. But yeah, that's that's why at the beginning of the show earlier on I talked about how Monk Windwalker at the beginning of the expansion had all these it was like eh single target but then once you set up for AOE it went and then everything died around you yep so that's in the the moment of silence for the the pre nerf strike of the Windlord <laughs> man it well, was so I mean, powerful early Legion it was a one button hit flake millions of damage and that was it. So, it's one of the reasons said. why I haven't leveled my second monk yet, because I feel like having leveled with that ability, you know, uh, doing all that damage, I feel like now it would just feel like it takes forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I like that there's some wiggly room there. I mean, Hina was sort of trying to get, like, out there. And, and fight for the Zhuen battle. And it makes sense. Like, if it's, a, if it's a shorter fight or if it's a part of the fight where you need that burst, then you can bring in the big cat. But that it just rolls back around to our argument about hit combo earlier that there's too much damage into it. But now that it's getting toned down, we'll have to, we'll have to see if it opens up. Well, Zuen's also was also losing some damage on the PTR as well. So yeah, but I, we, yeah. we saw changes to that whole row. And we kind of assumed then that that meant that the ring was going to come from that row. Mm. And then it didn't. 
Xuan <laughs> has the issue that whenever they bump it up, then it needs to be bumped up again the next patch because it doesn't scale off mastery, which we stack. It uh, only scales off crit and versatility. It barely scales off haste because only 35% of his damage scale off haste, his melee hit. The lightning doesn't get faster with haste. And yeah, if you think of it, you gain tier. Tier increases your damage in a way that doesn't affect Zuen usually. So yeah. tier 19 didn't affect Zuen. Tier 20 doesn't either. So Zuen just falls off because you get stronger and stronger and he just remains the same kitty. That's part of why he, you know, he was fine for the beginning of 7.1.5 when he got buffed to the skies. He was fine for two minutes kills or four minute kills. But then beyond that, he was just forgotten. So, and he will probably remain that way most of the time. That's unfortunate because your new tier set looks like him. So hmm. it'd be cool to have him next to you doing stuff, actually contributing, yeah. and then uh, you look like him too. But uh, well, I guess we'll we'll push over to the the nitty gritty part of the show. Unless you guys have anything else to to wrap up with <laughs> with talents. Um, Serenity deserves a award quickly because uh, yeah, sure. like Serenity uh, right now, you say the best in slot is the chest. Sanity, Chest, Wrist, the Holy Trinity is what seems to be doing the best for Windwalkers in many situations. It's also highly influenced by the fact that some top Windwalker passing monks or uh, progress monks are like Sanity, like not using the bug that SEF and like using the chest with it. So that gives a skewed perception of how good it is. Also, this is farm. On farm, stuff dies way too fast for Windwalker to benefit mm -hmm. from it. Aloyel was not the same story back on progress. Uh, back on progress, I it was the boss where I was enjoying the class because I could actually carry my team mm -hmm. by being a god on two waves of ads. And right now it's just like stuff dies. Who cares about the windwalker? So the talents we use are screwed by the fact that it is farm. Once progress hits again, windwalker will be shining a bit more, and the talents we use will change. Right now, well, it's likely that this remains the best single target option, but it's also likely that single target pure patchwork where you don't have to deal with mechanics and you can channel for four seconds as a melee, that might not be the baseline for every fight. Keep that in mind when you're looking at rankings and seeing chest, 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 serenity everywhere. Right. Yeah, that has to be the best. It's not, yeah. you know, every situation. I mean, I think you know. Like you mentioned, it you know it certainly has to be mentioned that Windwalker has always really historically been very strong on progression, and falls off on uh, AOE. You know where we really need that time to set things up. So when stuff survives longer, we have the time to set things up. I mean, I definitely agree with the L'Oreal feeling like, and I we have another Windwalker in my raid, and we both kind of said the same thing that this was like a really great uh, fight for Windwalker, and it felt really good, and. Um, you know, so now that we're getting into farm, you know, everyone's kind of scrambling and, and uh, the Windwalkers are kind of left, I want to say, more scrambling uh, to find other targets to pat on. So it really, um, you know, and, and mo moving into Tomb now, you know, with uh, the way the way Windwalker is in terms of lacking some single target damage, um, you know, but it'll be progression again. So. You know, it's hard to say, you know, whether Windwalker will be good because we've always kind of been strong on progression, weaker on farm because it's going to go back to progression, which we're better at. Mm -hmm. But Tomb is a little bit more single target focus, which we're not very good at. So uh, it, it's really hard to kind of look into the crystal ball and, and say, but, it, it, you know, yeah. 
Um, uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of finagled shenanigans that are going to, you know, rear their ugly heads soon in Tomb of Sergeus. Only nine bosses to look on the horizon too, so we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Mm -hmm. But toward the end of the show here now, we sort of have this open discussion topic where if you have questions in chat that you can always, you know, slam out some things that we can go off that too. But we have a whole bunch of stuff that I'll feed into the beginning of this conversation, the nitty gritty. Um, so how to obtain the hideous of hit combos, also scaling. Which we've gone over a little bit in this part of the end of the show, but I guess the the big thing I was curious about was that I brought up the whole numbers nonsense earlier, but is did have all the changes outside of the, the bugs with SEF, right? We've gone over those quite a bit. Uh, is is Windwalker Monk just is it the better incarnation of it compared to the last two expansions? Obviously, it's only this is only the third expansion for Windwalker. Monk's introduced in Mop, as it was, you know. How is your experience playing Windwalker Ben? Like, do you enjoy it still outside of the number problems? I mean, is it is it the best iteration of the spec so far? Um, I I think for me, you know, personally, because I've I've been playing since Mist, it it's hard to even say Mists as an iteration because inside of that expansion there were three different Windwalker monks. Mm. Um, you know, between our our mastery really kind of changed how we played things, and our our stat priority changed almost every raid as you know because our mastery changed every raid. Um, you know, so <laughs> yeah. I, I thought there there were moments where. You know, like, I personally loved playing with Rune of Reorigination in Throne. I mean, just the fact that my uh, Tigrai Brew could give me, like, 400% increased damage for 15 seconds mm -hmm. was crazy. You know, you know, understandably why it was nerfed, um, you know, but, you know, kind of moving into Warlords, I, I do, I think overall, Windwalker now is in a better place than it was. Um, I think there are still obviously these issues, but... I think not having to worry about all of those buffs and debuffs to keep track of um, and stuff like that, I do think that Windwalker, especially for kind of the general population and, and the majority of people who are playing Windwalker, you know, and myself personally, I like this playstyle um, a lot better than the playstyle that um, I experienced, especially in Hellfire Citadel, where things was very, I, I prefer the slower, uh, more paced playstyle that rather than uh, you know, what we called the proc fiesta of Hellfire Citadel with the class, uh, with our tier plus the class trinket plus chi explosion, you know, it became just pressing all the stuff that was lighting up. And, uh, you know, that mm. just, that playstyle wasn't really my favorite. I liked the slower, uh, you know, playstyle of, of today. But I, 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 I do tend to be the, the minority in terms of liking it slow. My first response to that was, I don't know what, suddenly your your microphone kept pulling you away from us. That was so weird during that whole uh, that whole go-through. But yeah, unless you played an arcane mage during Hellfire Citadel, uh, you didn't like what you did anyway. <laughs> so you only, everyone wanted to play arcane mage. Uh, duh. So, or oh, sub-rogues. Sub-rogues were fine. Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I... I loved Hellfire Citadel because it was so gimmicky for Windwalkers and I was a big culprit in doing weird stuff with Cheat Torpedo back then and I had a lot of fun with Soul Capacitor and stuff, but it was not the healthiest of Windwalkers. Uh, that, that's true. Uh, I think one of the best ones, and I know many people agree with me, is in Blackrock Foundry. It was right after Windwalker was not in that OP state they started the expansion with. 
uh, in high mall where they were overpowered and everything they did was too strong. Mm -hmm. There were few bugs to the spec. Fist of Fury was a cool thing and it interacted with the tier in a nice way. It was really healthy rotation and you could really make a difference by pressing your... Like we had a really perfect niche state where we were one of the best single target melees along with Feral Druids and Unholy Death Knights. And we had this extremely strong niche where we were strong on two or three targets split or not. On Maidens was the obvious example, but Hans and Friends was fine as well. And the rest was just managing Tiger Eye That was really good. That was to me the best playstyle. I dislike the way our niche is right now, that our niche asks us to just pad and be meh when we don't pad. Some players do way worse than you know, serious players are going to play for the kill for damage on the right target, they're going to get punished. And the one who's going to shine is the one who's going to pad whenever he gets a chance. And I dislike the way it works right now. I'm hoping they get the tuning nicely for Tomb because there's real hope for a nice Serenity and SCF. It's the first time in so long that both talents are competing in every scenario. And that's actually amazing. We see both Serenity and SCF right now, which is the way it should be. It's really hard to tune. So I like that. I dislike the padding. I dislike the um, just play, to don't play towards the kill, play towards the DPS. Mm -hmm. And I miss Blackrock Foundry. Hmm. That's the tough part. Yeah, there's people in chat saying, you know, bring back old Chi Torpedo. Which that's definitely, I mean, uh, maybe, yes. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, this is a brewmaster question, but, you know, I'm sure they miss Clash. That was fun. Uh, I guess the question is, how many times have you provoked a boss, uh, like Mythic Worm, for example, and uh, and killed people? Or Trilliax to make him spin faster, because that's a thing. <laughs> oh, Guam. Guam was absolutely what, amazing. Uh... Oh, yeah, was... yeah. <laughs> what was the big dinosaur in uh, Siege? Thok? Uh, Thok, yeah. I, I remember provoking him a lot to get him to move faster uh, so that he would catch the person who was running away from him. That was a good time. Wow. <laughs> well, you could, uh, well, you you could actually... Half, I always, sorry. That's right. I was going to say, when you, when you have a year and a half in, uh, you know, however long it was in a tier, you got to oh, find God. something to keep yeah. yourself busy. <sighs> That was that was madness. So so long in that raid. It was a fine raid, but not fine enough for a year and a half, for sure. So there was another question that came up too about um, sort of an aesthetic one. Uh, when artifact weapons were introduced, was there a specific kung fu style weapon you had hoped for instead of just I guess just fist weapons? I, I had hoped for nothing. I'd hoped for invisibleness. You I wanted invis my fists to glow. That's the only thing I don't like about hiding is that my fists cannot glow. That's what I want. I and the, and you can do that with brass knuckles transmogs, you know, and put uh, the glow on them. So I, I may actually go back to that, but I don't like that the brass knuckles show up a little bit on my gloves. But that's that's what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted nothing. So, I wanted to just be hitting people with my fists. So purist on the the naked fists right here. Yep. I, I was really expecting the fists because when you think of it, it was sure that rogues would get um, daggers, daggers, and probably some sort of sword. Mm -hmm. And then you look at all the specs, 
well, one of the first weapons announced was Enhancement's Doomhammer, and Enhancement was one of the other, you know, fist weapon classes. So once they were out of the picture, it felt like some class, someone of the melee class had to be fist weapons, yeah. and we were the chosen ones. Unfortunately, Blizzard decided that it was fine for Demon Hunters to transmog their glaives into swords or axes or whatever. Which right. is fine because they have such a, a small pool of weapons to mug into, so it makes mm -hmm. sense, and I'm happy they made this decision. But why do they really have to force us to mug into only fist weapons, and and that ends up just clipping, not showing? So there has been a lot of complaints on that end. Of course, I'm not much of a transmog guy, so I don't care. But I have to acknowledge that it's something I see in the Discord chat every day, mm -hmm. whenever I have to mug. There, I just want to mug out of fists. There was something that's missed about, or missing, I guess, when Windwalkers come into play, mm -hmm. that I think that maces looked dumb, axes looked silly, but, like, having the two swords on your back as a monk definitely felt right. very monkish, right? Because on the, on the sides, like, all swords should go on the monk's back. It's, 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 it's that Ninja Turtles kind of feel, that kung fu feel of them on your back when you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. Very, very that that Asian style of, and it, all you have now are these fist weapons that just materialize from anime space when you do certain moves. Like there they are, <laughs> and then they're gone. And that's mm. it's, they should be there all the time or not. But they removed that glyph from last expansion or the one before, where you could make it so that you're back when you had jab. You would right. always have your weapons on, but that's gone. So yeah. less choices. Less choices yeah. for sure. You're the only spec in the game that I think is totally locked. Because even I think even uh, like even Shadow Priests can do one-handed mazes, can they still not? Because they're daggers. But I think elemental shamans also have one fist weapon, don't they? Oh, um, I think there's one other spec, and I think it's true. elemental shamans, but I cannot say hundred percent that uses yeah. main hand fist weapon and they are in the same struggle as we are and like we understand each other's elementals thing there's one caster yeah and i think mm -hmm. daggers can only be daggers well it depends but uh, i think there's there's been occasions mm -hmm. where you could actually mug out of daggers but i don't understand I, I think part of the problem with fist weapons is that fist weapons have only like there's not the same amount of fist weapons as there are one-handed maces because fist weapons you couldn't get, I think, to a certain, you know, till a certain level, or they weren't introduced until a certain expansion. I, I can't remember, but yeah, uh, you know, like there's no level one fist weapons, you know, as opposed to there being level one everything else, and uh, you know, you kind of get a broader range of textures and stuff to use for your transmog. So I think that's another issue with being fist weapon only. Not that I would do anything but keep my weapons entirely invisible. <laughs> uh, Bing has a, a, a good point that actually, yeah, there is uh, a different animation for some spells tied to fist weapons, and that's the reason that Blizzard has always claimed they cannot change the animations. So if you have fist weapons equipped, they cannot really mug into swords. I'm sure there is a way to work around that in code, but yeah. it's actually probably too much work. And we know that, for instance, for Demon Hunters, when they've allowed swords, for a while, it looked silly because you weaved swords, but then you threw gloves. Yep. And your right. throw glaive was your glaive if you wore a glaive, but it was a glaive if you wore a sword as well. So it didn't really yep. make sense and looked bad. So we understand where they come from. It's just 
unlucky and missed opportunities. The, the throw glaive isn't even your glaive. It's actually the war glaive of, of the. It's the war glaive of Athenoth. Right. It's it's Illidan's base glaive from Burning Crusade. You throw that out of your bag of right. holding. Like, where does that come from? But hey, warlock pets. You know, can you know you can transmog their weapons? That's what's important. <laughs> It is important. You know. I mean, it, it is definitely a thing. Just just the Felguard or whatever, but yeah. It's Warlocks rolling on two-handed swords for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> of course, that's the big, that's the good one right there. Yeah, mm -hmm. Guardian Druids have fist weapons too, but they're always in bear form anyway, or now they're in man-bear gorilla man, so it doesn't even matter. You don't even <laughs> see them. It just changes what their actual appearance looks like. Outside of them, just like these big... <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I had any other submitted questions here. Because I, I was going to talk about the opener, but you have that all written out beautifully on the website. Uh, I guess, are there any add-ons that you would suggest for Windwalkers out there? I'm sure there are weak auras that exist that help people out, but like, is there anything else that you have found in your, your travels that you would like to, to plug for your fellow Windwalkers? I mean, weak auras is really the biggest one. Yeah, I mean, it, well, if Serenity is to be a thing again... We've used enemy grid in the past to be able to actually, I think it's been changed with one of the patches and now it's not really usable, but yes. that's kind of when we dropped uh, Serenity. But something like that might be handy because you need actually really good name frames as a Windwalker. Just like if you were a melee multi-daughter, if you want to be optimal, you need to have really good frames. Wigoras mm. are the biggest contender, as uh, Babylonius said. We mostly use, well, we use very few Wigoras anymore these days because it's mm -hmm. all just do the stuff right, have your CDs inside, and yeah, don't mess up. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, we get a lot of questions about, um, you know, those rotation recommender add-ons, and, and a lot of people, you know, when they watch my stream think that I'm using that because they see my, the Wigor that tells me what I last pressed, and they think it's telling me what to press next. Um, you know, so I, I know somebody had mentioned, and, and there are a couple really great ones, um, you know, that I just kind of ch have checked out for science, um, when, cause people ask questions about them, but I mean, really, I, you know, especially for, um, uh, I think a class like Windwalker, um, those type of add-ons are very difficult to use correctly. And, and, um, I've always felt that those, uh, rotation add-ons are teaching you how to follow a button, not teaching you how to play the class mm, you know okay. i mean i remember okay. way back when uh clc ret first came out and i happened to be on a ret paladin and i remember that i was like oh this is great it'll tell me what to press and then i tried turning it off and i was like oh i have no idea what to press because i was just learning to follow the button and i think windwalker has a lot of kind of nuance where you might want to press a button right now but you might want to hold it because another thing is going to come up you know, you have to ma you have to be able to manage your resources farther into the future than these add-ons are designed to do so. Yeah, you, know, you might have to worry about you know what's coming up in five or six seconds, whereas the most of the add-ons, um, to my knowledge, are really designed for what should I be pressing right now. Um, okay. And they you know so they can kind of lead you astray. But I know you know ones like Kakili and, and Ovale work really well if that's your style, and um, you know the authors spend a lot of time in Discord and, and stuff, especially for Windwalker Monk. Um, you know, but it's not something that really uh, I would personally recommend. You know, it's not Windwalker rotation is not so complicated that you should need to work, you know, to do it that way. And it's not, you know, it's a priority. So, um, 
you know, I think, you know, like I said, I, I recommend would not, you know, not using it. But if that's your style and that's what you, you know, you think makes you better, then who am I to say no? Hmm. Fair enough. Anything you, you want to leave the Windwalker community with or anything, any tidbits or tips, secret things or any, any, any bits and bobs you want to leave them with before we wrap this up here? Anything else? I mean, we've definitely gone a little bit over time. Uh, the biggest part of the show was the, the bug section, I feel. But, you know, <laughs> check that out if you missed that one. But anything you want to leave the your fellow mm. Windwalkers with, Panda, anything? Uh, yeah, it always feels like it's the end of the world for Windwalkers. For one reason, I feel is, you know, Windwalkers, it's such a hard class to play in main that it kind of is the end of the world whenever one of us leaves. You know, it's like we have 500 pandas left in China. Whenever one of them dies, it's like this, <laughs> this species is going extinct. And it's kind of the same for us. For instance, like right now we have each tier one top monk who's always in the top 10 all-stars, always getting rank ones who leaves the spec. And one is like, oh my God, the sky is falling. We're never going to, like if even rate left for Shadow Priest back in EN, if now Conjugate, who's been a staple for years, is going to be a feral main, that's how bad the situation is right now. We're losing Conjugate after losing rate back in HFC. But I mean, We've got new faces showing up, we've got new players, and although you cannot, you know, it's a bigger thing when we lose a player because we are so passionate of, about our class. You mm -hmm. saw it, one really big thing, you had monks next to Fury Warriors in what's ne the next row going to be, right? Fury Warriors, there is probably four Fury Warriors for every Windwalker right now in Nighthold. Right. However, we won because our spec is passionate players who are passionate about their class and they want to see us here. They want to see us like we had th this huge community moving with us for the SEF fixes. And that was really beautiful to see the smallest spec in the game or one of the smallest after Miss Weavers, but are they even a spec? They're a meme now. Like, <laughs> the, the smallest spec actually just going to the farms to fight and defend the, the class they love. That's that was a tribute to how good our community is and well that's a good opportunity to thank all the people who are in there with us in discord in the battle net and help us and just gave us their a vote or whatever when we needed it so kudos you, to, to all of these you're firing shots at Mistweavers. I actually, because I've been playing melee since Burning Crusade, I actually just rolled and healed stuff on a Mistweaver specifically because I wanted to play the melee healer. So, like, just over a day play time, one legendary, one BIS trinket, like 880 eye level. It's so easy to caught up right now, but she's a lot of fun. So I'm not saying it's not. It's just, yeah. you know. All the Mistweavers have problems. left because the class is in a, is having great problems. I'm not saying yeah. anything against them. They just they need our support right now. And Mistweavers, we're thinking about you. <laughs> That's true. They're getting some exactly. love. They're getting some love in the patch coming up. So, but anything from you, Babs? That you want to leave anecdotally? Um, yeah, I mean, Panda, you know, covered really a lot of what I was going to say. You know, it, it, I, I say it a lot, and and I'm kind of known to be somewhat of an optimist, especially when it comes to Windwalkers and have a, a long standing reputation of always trying to make things seem better than they may be. Um, you know, but, you know, I, I think right now, 
those of us who play Windwalkers, you know, would say that it's just about as fun as you could possibly get most of the time, you know, and um, people flooded to the spec at the start of the expansion because it's just so much fun. Uh, you know, so the fun hasn't really been taken away. Uh, the play style is still a lot of fun. It still has kind of that feeling um, for most people. You know, people are leaving the spec because of the numbers and or because of, you know, different reasons. I mean, you know, like Panda said, we just, you know, we lost, uh, you know, Mega Bloks, you know, before coming into Nighthold. And he stopped playing just because he stopped playing, not because it was an issue with Windwalkers or anything like that. Um, you know, on the flip side, we've had a couple really well-known uh, Windwalkers uh, from previously who have come back, you know, recently, um, you know, so there's kind of that constant revolving door, especially at the top, um, you know, but I, I think being someone who has always kind of managed um, forums and discord and stuff, you know, I think the, the fear that the sky is falling, falling is always worse than the sky actually falling. Um, you know, Windwalkers, like Panda said, we have, we are a very passionate community um, you know, and it's it's a great community to be a part of, um, you know, where people know kind of each other, you know, and stuff like that and, and help out. And when we post something on the forums and I link it through Twitter on Discord, you know, all of a sudden you get 100, 200 responses, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, it's really a great community to be a part of. And Windwalker is a lot of fun. You know, we just have to, unfortunately, to a certain extent, we're just kind of hoping that things come through for us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's a difficult spot to be in. Um, you know, I always advocate for mature uh, discourse, you know, especially when providing feedback to Blizzard. Uh, and people seem, you know, some people disagree with that. Um, but I think Windwalkers are, <laughs> I'm sure more than just you, Panda, would raise your hand. And, um, you know, but I, I think Windwalkers are a fun class to play and I think for most people that's what's important uh, you know but if you are chasing the numbers then right now Windwalker is difficult but I think really the, the most important thing for everyone to remember is that you should be playing a Pandaren um, <laughs> you know uh, because oh, gosh. they're the best so yeah. I mean that's really you know if you learn if you pick up anything from the entire you know two plus I mean, hours do. you've been doing this it's that you should be playing a Pandaren I mean, I, I do. I mean, Arcade Tour's garbage. is the worst racial in the game, right? Arcade Tour. Throw all the way. Arcade Tour the way, true yeah. monks. I mean, everyone else just learned. They're it's just true. soldiers. So, it's I mean, true. Uh, if you start telling people I'm not a true monk, then <laughs> I mean, you're alone in this now, Babylonius. <laughs> <laughs> but your name your name makes up for your for your race choice. Ah. I mean, oh. you're, not, you're not Blood Elf Anaconda. Mm. It's true. So you're, nah, you're like, an honorary Pandaren. Oh gosh! Well, all right. I'm I think it's, uh, yeah, exactly. I think that with that, there's no other better way to end the show than that one liner right there. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna slam down this button right here, and say thank you all for tuning in to episode 140 of Final Boss TV, your wild and gay rating show for Legion's Windwalker monks today. I was again. I was your host. My name was Adam K, aka Bay. If you missed any episode, of course, you can check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music as audio only, or of course on YouTube. There'll be a cut up and all the links and things will be in the description box. There'll be bookmarks, all pretty and beautiful and done up for you there. Or if you're watching on YouTube right now, hello, welcome to the end of the video. But we'll wrap up here real quick with the guests again. There is Panda Anaconda. You go bother him in Discord at the same name. 
where he has a picture of what a panda anaconda would look like if you are curious. But <laughs> thank you for your knowledge on the show today, sir. It was a blast. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, uh, Adam. It was uh, really great to have an opportunity to, like, we've come a long way with Babylonius, and this is really a tribute to how big the the adventure has been. So thank you for having us, and thanks for all the support from Monks and from Mist, the only guild that allows me to be acoustic and play a Windwalker <laughs> as my main. <laughs> I, I love them, and they are a really great community. Awesome. And there's Babylonius over there. You can go follow him on Twitter at BabylonusMonk. And then, of course, bother him in Discord and check out all the ridiculousness as the huge pet project Google document evolves. <laughs> but, Babs, thank you for being on the show today. It was a pleasure as well. Appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you for having me. It's been people have been asking me when I was going to be on it for a long time. So it's nice to finally, you know, experience the, uh, the show. It's great. But that's going to be it for this episode today. Next week is Arms and Fury Warrior, sort of one of those combined DPS specs, sort of comparing and contrasting. More details on the guests on Twitter in the next few days. I'm going to get that locked in. One guest is good. There's like two or three other options for another one. So we'll get that again. And of course, if you missed the middle show introduction or, or announcement, the, uh, the specs will all be split up after this first jump through. So you can check the channel guide to see how many we have left. But we have uh, Holy Paladin on the horizon as well as uh, Blood Decay. They were voted on on Twitter. So we have the next shows are all coming out here in the next couple of weeks. And then we'll have another vote on Twitter in the next couple of shows. But 7.2.5 is around the corner. Tomb of Sargeras, middle to late June. So we'll see where that takes us all. But thank you for tuning in today and watching. Trust on your seal of artifact power. Hopefully it comes back to you when the Nether Disruptor is up right now a little bit longer. But appreciate everyone tuning in, and I uh, will see you here next week. But until then, wait, uh, wait, 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 people or make like a monk stance. How do the monks stand with the eh, eh, wait, 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 w